Hi, this is Gene Simmons from Kissed. And this is Sebastian Bach from The Bar. And I want to tell you that when you do podcasts, you are stupid for giving it away for free. You're supposed to make money, and that's why we're here. Are we here for the fans? Yes. The fans keep asking for it, and if they keep asking, I'm going to keep giving it to the fans. If you want to hear this commercial again, go to kissonline.com, click on my cod piece, and your face will pop out, and you can hear it again for $49.95. Get it, Sebastian? Dude, I think it's cool. You're stupid. Go to kissonline.com. You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. So it is early here in the morning, and we are kicking off the Indianapolis Kiss Expo, which if you've paid any attention to Kiss World, you know that it is a ton of guests going to be playing here at the Kiss Expo, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I just had the opportunity to take two minutes of my time and meet Lita Ford, which was very cool for me, very influential artist. So that was very cool. She's here promoting a guitar, asked my opinion on some of the guitars, which was interesting, and uh, gave her my opinion, and uh, that was cool. We hope to maybe try to get her on the podcast. I don't know how that's going to work out because obviously these artists are going to be pretty busy at the time so either way very cool just to shake her hand it's very cool so we're going to be recording a lot talking to a bunch of different people and um, we'll keep you guys covered here at the indianapolis kiss expo All right, so the kickoff of the Indie Kiss Expo, my boy Jody Have Not. Jody, what's up? What's up, Steven? How you doing, buddy? We're doing well, man. So what's your take on this so far? You know, so far it's a little, I guess it's a little light, but I mean, it's early. Yeah, it is totally early, and the way they have this set up is a lot different than the Atlanta Kiss Expo where everything was in one room. This is kind of spread out amongst three different rooms. So. Yeah, I like it this way, though, because it gives us a little more space. It definitely gives us space, but the traffic is different, you know what I Traffic's mean? Traffic's definitely different so far, but I mean, uh, most of the general mission, get, they get in at 2 o'clock. Yeah, that, it, so. that's true. That's true. The general mission comes in at 2, and right now they've kind of got like... They've got the rock stars and the podcast separated. Yeah, which is, I don't like that aspect as much as Atlanta, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. We're There's st- so many guests. We're kind of like the low men on the totem pole. You we're, know what I mean? We're still hanging out. We're still hey, uh, fishing for uh, for guests. I was telling people a little bit earlier that uh, I met Lita Ford, so that was nice. cool. Yeah, I haven't met her yet. I'm go- definitely going to, though. Yeah. She can't was, tell you how much I loved her in my teenage years. Yeah, she was asking my opinion on the Hamer guitars they have hanging over yeah. there. I gave her my opinion, and then I asked her to come over here and uh, and sit in on the podcast. Oh, yeah? What'd she say? 
she of course said uh yeah thank you you know but that that's the she's a bit busy right? yeah she's a bit busy i don't i don't necessarily expect to see lita over here sitting down but who knows wow. She's going to be here for two days, and so maybe right. she'll come by early one day or something. I'm hoping so. Yeah, that would I be mean, awesome. She was in the Runaways. That's, that's dude. Legendary. That's a, exactly. And I told her that's what, you know that's what I'd love to talk to her about that in her solo career for sure. Oh, you know, absolutely. So I prefer the Runaways stuff, but I I did like some of her solo stuff as well. You yeah. know, what are you looking forward to tonight in terms uh, of the performances? You know, more than anything, just hanging out with all of us. You know, all of our. It's like a family reunion. Yeah. I mean, of course, I want to see the the performances. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. That's what I'm saying. It all starts, it looks like, around 8 o'clock with with Gene Simmons' band. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Those guys just rolled in here two or three minutes ago. Oh, yeah. You were right there, too. Yeah. Nice guys, you know. Yep. Good musicians. Phil, Jeremy, Phil, Phil, Jeremy, and Ryan. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did an interview with Phil and we had a good time so those guys hopefully will stop by as well we'll yeah. see but we'll keep everybody posted as time goes on right definitely I like our little corner over here we're yeah. taking up some real estate yeah we'll, po- we'll post nice. some Facebook pictures for sure but uh, <laughs> Absolutely. it's pretty much Podcast Rock City and Grown Up Rock Central Yep, over here and in the, the corner the casket's right over there yep Ages of Rock guys across the way. Yeah, and Julian's right across the way. Classic Rock Drop Ericar.com right next right next door here. Yep. The replicas looking really cool. Have you noticed on that Gene Cod piece? Have you noticed that? On the replicas? Yeah. No, what, you gotta look at deal? that cod piece. It's not just like a flat cod piece. Like yeah. it actually has like a cock. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'll an imprint of a cock. That. <laughs> That's a little scary. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, Bill pointed it out just a minute ago to me. So, uh, <laughs> alrighty then. Kind of different, yeah. a little different. But yeah, it's gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Uh, we're just getting started here. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, for sure. People are still wiping the sleepers out of there. <laughs> yeah. And I certainly is- did not want to wake up this morning. Nah, and we got a full on two days. Yep. Here comes my lovely wife. Here comes too. the lovely so wife. She she bought something bad for us, but that's fine. <laughs> oh there you go she's got cookies literally she's cookies thinking ahead i'm good thank you though he'll want one of those a little maybe bit a little bit later that. yeah it's <laughs> like <laughs> get into my swing of things <laughs> all right cool we'll right see you steven later yep You know the um, there's Kiss connections to that. So I know some of the Kiss connections, but the reason I even know the name Streetheart is because I just recently had Paul Dean on our show from Loverboy. Did awesome, and so we did a I you know I did a bunch of research into his career and found out about Streetheart and the Canadian band, and uh, I went and seeked out the record, the first debut record that's one of the greatest debuts of all time, and very popular in Canada, right? And not so much in the states. No, but the record. I think in Canada was was what Canadian gold, right? Didn't it end up going gold in Canada? It was, yeah. So I listened to that record and I thought, man, that's really good. But I never heard of street art. So Paul Dean, Matt Fournette, drummer from Lover, exactly. Yeah, both were in Street Art. That's what right. Happened is I think they had a little bit of a a split, and they split off to form Lover Boy. Right. But Street Art 
the band kept on with a new guitar player, new drummer, and had several huge hits like all through their career. I think there's, I don't know how many records, maybe seven or eight. Yeah. But there is Kiss connections, ironically. Do you know how this relates to Kiss is there is a song on Ace Frehley's Trouble Walking, Dancing with Danger. Okay. That is a Street Heart song. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's covered by Ace, but it's actually a Street Heart song. There's also a song on a couple different artists covered it, Hot Cherie. Hardline did. Hardline, it. yeah, great record. Uh, I'm just going to draw a blank to the, the solo artist. Danny Spanos recorded it as well. Another Street Heart song. Right. So just weird how Ace Fraley, you know, covered a Street Heart song. Well, and it comes for full circle because Paul Dean ended up doing oh, Sword in the Sword Stone. Sword in the Stone, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Was that a Paul and Bruce Kulick uh, co written song? It or? was a Paul you and. Are the sun, yeah. The it was a Paul and. Um, uh, that was on his first solo record, Hardcore. Paul Dean's solo record. I think, uh, wasn't that a Desmond Child co wrote as well? Maybe. Right. It might have been yeah. um, with Paul. And I, I always thought that was a great tune, but it was on Paul's solo record. Yep. Yeah. So that gets smaller. Yeah, it does get smaller. So I found that interesting when uh, when I listened to an interview with you, because we know you from from Slash's band and we know you with the Gene Simmons band. And at one point in time, I thought that you were a Nashville guy because I thought that at one point you were with uh, the rock and roll residency playing in that spot, you know, which rotates. I mean, they have guys in and out Mm -hmm. all the time. But I actually thought that you were as a as a part of that whole rock and roll residency so i thought you were actually a nashville guy but you're not you're a vegas guy right i have lived in vegas for 16 years wow yeah and before that uh los angeles for about 10 now i was in union you know 20 years ago correct and i think we played at this convention 20 years ago wow or 19 years ago so yeah a lot of it started street heart was the big canadian band that i was in right now because you're from winnipeg right the band is yeah it's a winnipeg band now when i joined the band we were i mean i was in my early 20s and the guys in the band were you know had already made all the records so i was just performing in the band you know we weren't making new music but I, that was one of my favorite bands growing up. So it was kind of like an honor to be in Streetheart, the right. biggest band from my neighborhood. Other than like, well, the Guess Who is from Winnipeg as well, and, and Neil Young. And, but um, and then I moved to L.A. and that's when I met Bruce Kulick and right. John Karabi, and we started Union. So back twenty years, all this Kiss related, my dots that connect me to from Streetheart to to the Gene Simmons band it kind of you know Union was the next band and the apple never falls far from the tree I'm always connected to Kiss somehow right are you doing the um, Kulik Brothers band as well that's, that's part of me. your deal as well right that's yeah me. yeah it's hard to keep up with you guys so much I never thought at one point I would you know when I'm a kid growing up playing music I Kiss was my favorite band yeah I didn't know I'd end up playing in a band with the guys from Kiss yeah. but it's kind of been really special to do a, a new band with Bruce yeah. writing new music he being a member of Kiss and then now and you know there's been a bunch of bands I played with Vince Neil I have played in the Guess Who on and off filling in but to play with Gene now is sort of like come full circle right and uh, and the reason I'm I'm the lone wolf in the band those guys are all based in Nashville but it just was a connection that 
you know, I was on the Kiss Cruise two years ago yeah. playing with Whitford St. Holmes. Okay. And I kind of had ran into Gene and, and everybody on the cruise. And maybe that sort of, you know, being reacquainted maybe connected the dot to me being in the Gene Simmons band now. I don't know. It's just funny how, like, one day you get a phone call and, hey, do you, what are you doing? You want to come play, play some shows? Yeah. I, don't, I haven't really auditioned for bands for many years. They just kind of show up at your doorstep, man. Word I'm of happy mouth. To, I'm happy to get a phone call. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's word of mouth. And, and part of our podcast, so Grown Up Rock, we kind of explore those earlier roots. So for you, you talked about being a Kiss fan when you were a kid, but what was your doorway, your gateway into rock and roll? Because I didn't always listen to rock and roll when I was growing up. I listened to, well, maybe it was considered rock and roll with like Bay City Rollers and Neil Sedaka and things like that. But what was it I love it the Bay you? City Rollers. Something sparked in you as a kid that said, hey, I want to be a musician. This is what I want to do. These are the songs that I'm loving right now on probably whatever AM radio or something, you know? By you saying the Bay City Rollers, and I know you're a Kiss fan like myself, yeah. I'm guessing we're pretty close in age. So at the time, vinyl yeah. and listening to music was special mm -hmm. in your bedroom as yep. a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then hanging out with your friends, listening to the same music or doing the same things, you know, in the neighborhood. Oh, th that guy's got a guitar. And I played, I had piano lessons. So my yeah. parents got me onto that. But eventually, oh, everyone in the neighborhood's playing guitar. And, and we wanted to start a band. And we would, didn't you dress up as Kiss for Halloween? Didn't yeah. you? I mean, we all did the same things. But eventually the jamming turns into, well, everyone's playing guitar. Well, I'll play drums. And then, you know, you emulate Kiss. We, we had concerts in, in the basement, you know, yeah. put on Dynasty and invite your parents over, charge 15 cents, put makeup on and get the tennis rackets out. Right? That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what turns you into like, I want to do this for a living. You don't know what you're doing at, at 10 years old. but yeah, yeah, I wanted to do that as a living too, but but I sucked as a musician, so I took a different path. So you have to, you have, to have the talent at some point. Well, I guess my... I owe my parents a thank you for the piano lessons, yeah. which at the time was like, I hate this. But one day I go, well, I got to make good on the piano lessons for my parents. <laughs> Better show them I can pay my bills and, you know, make good on a rock band. But I've been playing music since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Seriously. Like, and I've been in a professional band situation since I was 16 years old. Yeah. You know, like trying to, and my parents were always like, well, you should, you know, get a real job or go to school. And I was like, I will not let you down. I'll make good on this, this music thing. So yeah. it's kind of like you become a fan right. of your heroes from Kiss or whatever. And then one day, fast forward to like, well, then you're in a band with yeah, those guys. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But to play, to be, I mean, Gene Simmons and I are like a rhythm section on stage together. It's yeah, hard right. To believe. But then I kind of say, well, this is what I wished for. Yeah. And I'm proud to be there playing with him. And hopefully he feels good about having me in his band at the same time. Yeah, Like I earned my spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you talked about uh, uh, being a fan as a kid. Were, did you ever have those moments? Like for me, I used to wait out by the buses to try to oh, yeah. get autographs. What was it for you? Do you remember any specific situations like I remember that? chasing ACDC down at the airport and missing them because they were all really short. Yeah. Oh, the band <laughs> went by us. Oh. Like, did you end up, you end up meeting them or getting yeah. an autograph? Yeah. Did you really? But isn't that what it's all about? Like the fan, fandom, yeah, fanatical yeah. side of loving your heroes and your, yeah, you know, of course. all the, the bands you love. So, and, and I'm still a fan. Yeah, me too. I would go chase my a hero down. No problem. 
have you met anybody recently now that you're in kind of on this side of things where you're you're able to play and meet all these great folks and things like that have you met somebody recently that that you you know kind of grew up as a fan and you're like holy shit i'm getting to meet this person in this context yeah it's been going on a lot more lately we had a really good like the last seven or eight years or so playing with slash we covered the planet yeah and we did uh, every talk show every big festival we saw the aerosmith show uh, in atlanta uh you guys were doing the opening slot on the aerosmith show awesome whatever the tour that was called like two years ago or something like that aerosmith's one of my favorite bands yeah so i mean i think you know sit and catering with Steven Tyler and Joe Barry or, or uh, you know, we, I remember a couple years ago, it was the MTV Euro Music Awards. We yeah. were there with Slash and we were doing an honor. Uh, Ozzy was getting a um, Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. We played an Ozzy song, not with him, but he was, he was there. Sure. Biffy Clyro, one of the biggest bands from Scotland. Okay. The award show was in Scotland. Anyway, there was the who's who of bands there that day. And I, walked into right before we went on i went to use the restroom i went to take a piss and adam clayton from u2 was standing beside yeah i was we just kind of looked at each other and you give that uncomfortable bathroom look like hey how's it going yeah right (laughs) i remember going hey there's some kid from winnipeg canada that's taking a piss beside adam clayton and you know we were playing this big award show so i thought Oh, that's, that feels pretty good, you know. Yeah, it's like the inner the inner fight with yourself, the inner kid with the actual professional musician side fighting and going. Well, I'm in a pisser with Adam Clayton, and I'm yeah. a huge YouTube fan, but I'm also a professional musician that's about to be on stage right. in front of you know X amount of people, you know. So it's kind of weird. You that gotta, would be surreal to me. Yeah, I think it's a gratifying position to be in, where you're like you're always. I think it's very healthy to always stay a fan of yeah. what you do because right. then it keeps it real like I'm always I, I get excited to, to meet people I get excited to, for new music and and if you if you have the privilege to meet someone who you've been influenced by and you you find out they're just another cool person that that makes me feel good too so and I try to be that person too because I'm just a fan of music and when someone comes up to me and goes oh I love those records you made with Slash or whatever I'm not sure I'm processing that like oh I'm you know Right. I'm just another guy that loves music, too. So, Well, you know, and I think this is what's good for rock and roll today is that we we all say, hey, we're fans of music. And everybody goes, ah, well, well, whatever. We're all fans of music. Yeah, but the difference is is that guys like you and the Gene Simmons band grew up the fans of this music that Mm. we are now playing. Mm. So what it does is it, it allows you to influence the original artist, whether it's Gene or whatever, to kind of get out of their comfort zone and go and do some of these things, which Gene Simmons Band is doing hugely, and the fans are a huge fan, because you and I both know KISS fans can be complete dicks about stuff, but they've accepted you guys because you guys get Gene out of his box. I saw a set list the other day, and and maybe this was your influence on it, but it was uh, you guys pulled out Fits Like a Glove, and I think the set list was Fits, your last name, Like a Glove. So was that your suggestion indirectly we played the jeans nashville vault uh-huh and there was just an off-the-cuff comment from gene fits fits like a glove my nickname is usually fits yeah yeah so he just off the cuff said fits like a glove and i i joked him i go that's a great song i go we should do it oh really you like <laughs> <laughs> just a random conversation turns into then it's all of a sudden well we should throw that in the set 
And I love that because you got to remember when you see the Gene Simmons band, I think people come to the show and they should see the reflection of themselves in us on stage with Gene because we're fans too. Yeah. And we're happy to play these Kiss songs with Gene as fans. And when you say like us having some influence on getting Gene to maybe play some different songs out of his comfort zone, yeah. I think that's healthy. Oh, absolutely. I was just talking to one of the other guys over here and we were talking about, you know, uh, some song, maybe oh, She's So European, <laughs> which has been in the set. Yeah. And, and, you know, in Gene's defense, when he wrote it, how many, 35 years ago, he probably doesn't even remember much about, I wrote the song, I don't remember the lyrics or, or what, right. but to me, I love the song because I, I loved it on Unmasked. Yeah. So to, for us to reinvigorate Gene to get excited for a song is kind of like, he might never even remember he wrote the song. Then that's pretty cool because I grew up, so what Kiss is to a lot of people at these Kiss Expos, Van Halen was for me. Yeah. So is that I, your band? Van, I see your Van yeah. Halen shirt. Van Halen was they, my They're band. up there with me, too. You know, the original Van Halen. I yeah. like Kiss. I do When's like When's the first Kiss. time you saw Van Halen? I saw Van Halen on the Diver Down tour <sighs> in 82, and it was actually my first concert. Cool. Yeah, yeah. What was your first concert? Your first real rock concert? I think I'd seen Def Leppard Pyromania in 83. Saw but it. the first one that changed my life, because I did not see Kiss until... Animalized tour 85 okay but i saw van halen 1984 tour okay and i remember sitting in the top corner the winnipeg arena yeah. by myself i think the ticket was seven eight bucks and when david lee roth came out and they started i don't even remember what song maybe yeah. it was unchained but when he came out and did the splits yeah. my life was i was like this is the great <laughs> exactly right seen. that concert changed my life that's right yeah, same for, same for me in 82, uh, Diver Down Tour, and I can specifically... I love the Diver Down record, by the way, and I'm, that's a very critical... Yeah, because it's all covers, but I like a lot of it, too. I mean, I do. I'm not a big... What about I, the Full Bug? Full Bug's one of my favorite songs on that record, right on, man. That's it. Full Bug. I love that song. That song mm. could have easily gone on any of the first uh, three records, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. But when I saw them, and they opened up with Romeo's Delight, and all I remember was a completely black arena, and the spotlight hits Eddie uh, right at the beginning, opening riff of Romeo's Delight, and Dave does a freaking roundhouse kick right over Eddie's head freaking life-changing exactly what you no. were talking about man yeah and i was you know i was 16 at the time i think and i was maybe four it was ga standing room only and i think i was probably four people deep uh in front of eddie van halen still for me is i don't know that it's like a perfect perfect rock band yeah in a way kiss is a different perfect rock band yeah but just interesting note you ever look at those old van halen like whenever they did a promo shot, they were always smiling. Yeah. And a lot of bands didn't smile back in the those guys looked like they were having a damn good time. Yeah, it was party, man. That was that was the start of party rock, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it was like, hey, don't take yourself so seriously. We're here to have a good time. Pass me the bottle of Jack and let's let's party, right? So that was that was, I think, a little bit different, but the music was serious, right? The musicianship Great. was serious. A lot of people don't get Dave's lyrics, but Dave, really, if you listen to some of those lyrics, are pretty ingenious in some of the stuff that he writes. And the execution. Mm -hmm. The harmonies. Oh, love the harmonies. Love the harmonies. But I, I loved Alex Van Halen, too. He was definitely one of my 
my biggest influences as a drummer. Everybody loved Eddie. Yeah. I loved Alex. Well, you know what's funny about Alex, and you don't hear a lot of people talk about it, but you know how with a lot of guitar players, you can kind of hear a guitar and a certain technique, and you'll go, oh, that's George Lynch, or that's Eddie Van Halen. If you listen to a, a Van Halen drum sound, you know that that's Alex Van Halen's drum sound. His sound, his drums sound more unique than any other drummer, right? He probably was, he's a huge Bonham fan. Yeah. I think he was doing his version, his ode to Bonham yeah. with his snare sound, very unique. He used to put this gaff tape on, on the top head, but, but that's what I loved about it was yeah. the uniqueness of the sound. And that's only a four piece. So, you know, two melody instruments and drums and always panned right. so you could turn to the right and hear Eddie's guitar on the right yeah. that was cool stuff back then and that was probably that was probably Ted Templeman Ted was Templeman Ted. was a genius in, in that and you know he was a lot to do with that sound probably in those early days with oh, that yeah. band such good records in the 70s hey late oh, 70s man. early 80s yeah that's that's good my, stuff. My, you know, that's just my favorite era by the way uh, I'm not promoting this or anything I just have to comment though is I have another side band called Tuke yeah it's a Canadian cover band of all Todd Kearns and I from Slash's band. And what we do is we sort of, we've been playing, we used to do it for charities and stuff. We've actually made it a real band, but we loved all these Canadian bands from the 70s and early 80s that put out great music, yeah. kind of like Streetheart and all that. Yeah. But we decided to record all the songs lately and we, we keep talking to ourselves. We're like, there's such good music in the 70s and 80s, but we just wanted to record all these songs because we loved them. But a lot of them were not big in the rest of the world but bands like Chilliwack and April Wine right. and uh, Honeymoon Suite and Trooper and Prism all these bands from the uh, the late 70s early 80s but all that time Van Halen Kiss those are my times for yeah. like influencing me as a musician and, and I still go back to that those records and I mean all of that ties into the Grown Up Rock podcast because that's exactly what we're talking about so you guys going and recording and, and spelled as it T-O-O-K T-O-Q-U-E yeah we put it's called Took. it's just a Canadian reference to a hat okay it's like a Canadian very Canadian thing but yeah we just re we recorded a bunch of songs we loved growing up as kids that were influenced by and now we've made a band of it so Todd and I we're from Canada yeah we're Prairie Boys you know, yeah, yeah. The, and uh, our guitar player Corey Churko he actually plays with Shania Twain he's okay. Shania's guitar player and musical director and uh, yeah so we just have fun you know doing that It's I got so many things going on I, I, I'm always confused what am I doing this week oh yeah we're making a record with Tuke or I'm Going on tour with Gene Simmons or playing with Slash? Welcome or? to today's musician's world, right? I mean, that's what you guys do to survive. You play in 40 different projects, and that's what it is. Gene's in a couple bands. Yeah, of Slash course. is in a couple bands. Of course. I'm in many bands. Yeah, so yeah. It's just what we do. That's it. And and is that CD out now? Yeah, we actually uh, put it out last year. It's called Giver. Tuke. Giver. That's a Canadian reference. Where, where can people find that? It's just online. Okay. You can you can grab it. Spell that one more time for T -O -Q -U -E, people. T-O-Q-U-E. Took. Okay. We cool. have a new record coming out this summer. So yeah. that's it. That's good stuff, man. I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. I enjoyed it. I mean, we'll have to get you back on and do a full-on show, play a little bit of the music uh, that you've recorded and Love go to, from yeah. there. Yeah, cool. thanks. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, great. Bye. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it.
All right, so give me your name and where you're from. Carolyn, Atlanta, Georgia. Carolyn from Atlanta, Georgia. And Carolyn, you were at the KISS Expo, and you were one of our winner, winner chicken dinners, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was at the event when Vinny, the Vinny uh, Expo. That's right. You ended up winning, what'd you get, a book? Yes, that's right, a book. A Julian Gill book signed by Julian Gill, the author, right across from us, because Julian was awesome and donated those to the cause. Yeah, so, that's right. So it was all good. So we got a series of rock and roll slash kiss related questions that you're going to answer for us today i'm scared <laughs> it's all good because we know at growing up rock that it's not all about just kiss it's about rock and roll in general that's right baby all right sweet so if you were able to be a rock star for the day what would you play I play a guitar, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Absolutely. And so now that you now that you did that, you have to give yourself a rock star name. So what's your rock star name? Rochelle. Rochelle. Mm-hmm. It just is it a one word thing like Madonna or what? Yes, one word, Rochelle. All right, sweet. So what album can you listen to front to back without skipping a tune that is non kiss related? Oh, no. Non-Kiss related? Non-Kiss related. What album, front to back? I guess the Beatles, White Album. Okay, fair enough. That's cool. How about your favorite Ace song in Kiss as part of Kiss? My favorite? Ace song. Ace? Yeah. Shock Me. Sweet. Love it. You know why he wrote that, right? He got electrocuted on stage. You've heard that story. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What Kiss deep cut would you love the Kulik brothers to play tonight? Because, mm. you know, they're famous for whipping out the deep tracks. So what do you want to hear that's deep off of some of those records? There's got to be one that you dig. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't know if this is considered deep, but I love Come On and Love Me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. yeah. That's not being, I don't know if it's really deep. I mean, it's not Naked City deep or something like that, but... Come On and Love Me is not one that's um, being played more recently, I don't exactly. think. So yeah. that's cool. It won't be a Kulik Brothers tune because Bob didn't play I, on I it. Know. Bruce didn't play I know. on it. I know. See, I'm, I guess for me as a Kiss fan, I'm like pre all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Kiss to me is like 1973, right. four or five. You know, that that's my Kiss era. That's what I gravitate towards. Did you record with us last time or did you just come by the table no, I out. recorded did you? you okay we recorded a bunch of people so I'm sure I asked you at some point did I ask you what drew you to kiss um it was okay I grew up in a really non-musical home yeah tell that and uh no really no music at all and so I was like seven years old and uh I was being babysat by a teenage girl, and she brought she put an eight track in of Kiss. I'm really dating myself here. That's okay. Put an eight track in Kiss Alive, and I was like, my brain just started spinning. I was like eight years old at the time, and I was like, that's it. So actually, today I brought my very first Kiss album that I bought with my baby, you know, with money that I saved as a little kid. Right. And I uh, had Ace sign it. So, That's awesome. Yeah, my mom sent it to me, like you know, from she mailed it to me and it's yeah. you know it's, it, I've had it for 40 something years now so. and that's a connection that's what the grown up rock podcast is all about is kind of making those connections because we all ended up so you're X amount of years old, just like I'm, I'm 51, X- baby. We're both 51, baby. So we're both 51 year old people, but we ended up 
who we are today through rock and roll over the years. And there was something that attracted us to it. For you, it was Kiss Alive and your babysitter on an 8-track, which is great. Yeah, and Aerosmith, um, Toys in the Attic, that was the other one. And was Sweet. It? Yeah, yeah, The Sweet. The Sweet. Nobody ever talks about The Sweet. And The Sweet is, a. I mean, most of the people that we cite today, bands like uh, Motley Crue or any of those bands, they'll tell you that it was The Sweet for them. That, yeah, you know, no, Fo- Fox on the Run. and Fox you know, on the Run. Right. All kind that, of love, is, love is Like Oxygen. Yeah, that's what I... I I mean, that was my, that's my, well, that, that's the music like that just, you know, hugs my soul. Yeah, right, right? on. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so that's Nazareth, you know, this yeah. orally. Hair, little hair of the dog. Yes. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you listen to other things today or is it, I mean, is it strictly rock and roll or do you expand? And, no, I listen to other things. Yeah. Um, I actually had season tickets to the Atlanta Opera for many years. Okay. Um, I try to listen to other genres of music. I, I'm not really um, keen on rap or hip hop. I just, it hasn't resonated with me right on um but yeah i mean i I try to open myself up to other things but at the end of the day it's rock yeah you know and and some metal i really love metal yeah um do you go to many shows i do i'm one of like you could say i'm one of the main people in atlanta going out i mean i just actually went two weeks ago to see um randy jackson from zebra he played in atlanta really yeah you and i got we got to trade some information because we got to hook up there in atlanta me and me and my wife we just went and saw billy idol yeah i uh, saw him when he came to um the tabernacle a couple years ago yeah well, he was really good i mean we saw him the other night at the roxy i went out and saw um i saw allison chains yeah. uh, the other night which yeah. was really good at the roxy i didn't go because I was getting ready to come here. So Were you? I didn't go to that show. Yeah. yeah. You got any tickets to the upcoming shows like at Verizon and yeah, stuff? Yeah, we've got we've got tickets. We're going to White Snake. We are too. Uh, we'll got, be there. Got tickets to Zom- Rob Zombie over the summer. Uh-huh. We've got tickets to Marilyn Manson. Um, what about Priest and uh, yes, Deep Purple? Yes, I just, I just bought tickets to Judas Priest and Deep Purple. I got show. a great deal on on lawn seats for that twenty, $20 bucks, right yeah. on. I know. Yeah, too. how can you how can you pass that up? You twenty can't. bucks for no. Deep Purple That's and it. Judas Priest. Yep. Yep. Holy shit. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, I'm, you know. Yeah. But I, honestly, I'll tell you, uh, do you know uh, Scolby, um, Scully, Scully? Scully Entertainment. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. 37 Scully. Main. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's bringing in a lot of these, you know, like he brought John Waite from the Babies back a couple of years ago. He brought Randy Jackson from Zebra. Where was that show at? It was at a freaking Mexican restaurant in, like, uh, Marietta. Really? Yeah, it was, like, bizarre. But you know what? I was happy. Were you a big Zebra fan? I am a big Zebra fan. That's a band that I could never really get into. They weren't heavy enough for me. Uh, I don't know. I liked them, you know? I, well, I know a lot of people that liked them. Like, a lot of people really loved that first Zebra record. And I saw them, and I thought, just me personally, right? I saw them. I thought they were kind of boring, and I thought they were a little bit mellow for me. I think a lot of people gravitated to them because they liked them. Uh, they were sort of likened to Zeppelin at the time, yeah, if I recall correctly. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Speaking of Zeppelin, I like this Greta Van Fleet band. That's, they're great. And uh, I... 
I just uh, got to meet here at the expo, and I bought two CDs from him, Bisto Blanco. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you talk about freaking rock and roll, man. Right on. I'm going to give him a plug because this is some good stuff right here. Yeah, Chuck Garrett right Uh, from Alice Cooper's band, Bisto Blanco. Uh, Yeah, so you're out there, you're checking out the new music, you're not just living in the past, which is cool, and that's that's how we are kind of on the show. It's like we really like to connect to the old music from the 70s, 80s, 90s, but we're playing new music, trying to turn you on to new music, you know, you talked about Greta Van Fleet, you know, we did that uh, interview with Sam, the bass player from Greta Van Fleet, back on like episode two. Uh, so, you know, we're right there with you. So that's right. cool. And I hope to run into you uh, this summer in yes. some of these shows, right? Yeah. Well, let's let's exchange information. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's exchange the social media yep. stuff and, yep. and uh, we'll uh, we'll hook up. And I just want to give a plug out to I'm heading to London. I'll be in London next weekend. Right on. Um, I'm meeting up with a musician there, Michael Pritchard of We Are Demons. Awesome. So even the English music scene I'm into. Yeah. So. Hard rock. Uh, they're yeah, acoustically acoustic rock. Okay, I guess you could say yeah. Doesn't go with the name. We are demons. Oh no, (laughs) but it's good. It's it's uh, all original music. Right on. um, I'm heading out there to check that out. Awesome, Carolyn. Have a great time in London. We love London. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. It's that time again. The second annual Rockin' Pod Expo is taking place on August 25th at the Nashville Palace in Nashville, Tennessee. Rockin' Pod is a day-long expo bringing together over 20 different podcasts from all over North America, recording content throughout the day. We will also be conducting interviews with some of the musicians and industry folks that will be in attendance. There will be various artists and record producer appearances, some taking pictures and signing autographs, informative artist and podcaster discussion panels, and you'll be able to buy some cool stuff from the record and memorabilia vendors. We believe in podcasting platform and we believe that rock and roll is alive and well. We created the Growing Up Rock podcast because we love talking music and we want to share that love of music with people all around the world. The Rock and Pod is a celebration of podcast and music fans from all around the world. The Grown Up Rock podcast is proud to be one of the many participating podcasts in this year's expo. We will be offering up many different perks for those interested in donating to help fund the expo. If you like podcasts and you want to help contribute to this amazing gathering, please go to Nashville Rock, the letter N, podexpo.com for information. Then click on the GoFundMe link and make a donation in the Grown Up Rock name. Or just go to our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and click on the post pinned to the top of the page for Rock and Pod Perks. Make sure you donate in the name of the Growing Up Rock podcast. Later. So give us your name and where you're from. 
My name is E.T. Brown, and I am from Nashville, Tennessee. All right. So for the listeners, E.T. is part of the whole, I'll say, circle of friends with Phil Schaus and Jeremy and Ryan from Gene Simmons Band. And he's part of the Rock and Roll Residency. I think at the Rock and Roll Residency show that I actually went to, uh, I think E.T. played on a couple of songs. I don't remember. Do you have the uh, the Gene Simmons act yeah, space? Yeah, I've got that. I did see that. You came out and did something. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't Kiss, though, I don't think. I think it was something else. Yeah, they usually call me up for, uh, obviously, any Kiss and then any of the more harder-leaning stuff, like Maiden, Priest, Twisted Sister, yeah. that sort of thing. So that was great. I enjoyed myself at that. That was my first rock and roll residency thing. And you are here at the Indie Kiss Expo. You bought our friend from except Christopher Williams with you. Yes, indeed. Uh, this morning. Yeah, so Christopher is a ridiculous KISS fan, so it wasn't a surprise to see him here. And uh, we got a new friend in Grown Up Rock in E.T. So we're going to talk to E.T. because E.T. plays as uh, the Gene Simmons character in the Blonder Than Hell tribute band, which is what uh, Jeremy and Phil... I mean, Ryan's not part of the Blonder Than Hell thing. No. Uh, so it's just Jeremy, Phil, yourself, and Christopher Williams, who does the the uh, Peter Chris character. And you guys do that as a partial charity thing every year, right? Yeah, we uh, we, we collect uh, cans of food and unwrapped toys to, to deliver to shelters during the holiday times. Right on. That's so cool. You know, how, how what better than to um, give back from a rock and roll standpoint and be able to do something like that and then have such a great time doing stuff like that? Exactly. It's, it's one of my favorite nights of the year. It's just uh, 100% positivity, everybody coming together and having a great time and yeah, it's a blast. And that's one thing I can say about my dealings with Christopher and Jeremy and Phil and Ryan and and now uh, E.T. is that every se- everybody seems to be really, really positive, which is really cool. You know, it makes it easy to get to know people and be friends in a community that I don't even live in the Nashville community, but I have a lot of friends there. Uh, and being a podcaster and being friends with other podcasters, I think the bottom line is that we're just all ridiculous music fans, and I think that's what bonds us, and I think that might be what's lost on the world today. Maybe the politicians can learn something from us, right? Absolutely, man. Music is the universal language. That's it, man. So we're going to ask you a series of rock and roll slash kiss-related questions because we like to ask all the guests that are coming in and visiting us today at the Indie Kiss Expo, these things. So this tells a lot about the individual that you are and the Kiss fan you are. Right on. So how about a song you remember getting you hooked on rock music? Not necessarily Kiss-related, but maybe it was. Yeah, um, when I was growing up, I mean, classic rock has always been kind of the backdrop to my life. Uh, My earliest memories were my dad sitting me down as a toddler and saying, this is Yes, this is Pink Floyd, this is Led Zeppelin, this is the Beatles. And th- those four bands is really what I sprung from. So probably hearing Close to the Edge by Yes is one of my earliest memories of being like, whoa, what is this? This whole music thing, it can go anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that, so pro- yeah, probably Yes is one of those, those bands. It's a weird band to start with, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was kind of Well, weird. you know what's weird is it comes in cycles because... Uh, so we did an interview, I don't know, two or three weeks ago with Steve Stevens from Billy Idol's band. 
And Steve was a huge Yes fan, and that's what it was for him was Yes. Uh, so you don't hear Yes. You know who they are. They're a huge band. They were very influential, but you don't hear a lot of rock guys like hard rock guys flat out talk about yes and now you're the second guy in like less than a month that said you know yes close to the edge uh was it and if you're a bass player or a guitar player how can you not be a steve howell or chris squire fan? Well, yeah chris squire is a huge influence on me that the tone i mean that's i i play with a pick primarily because of growing up and wanting to get that gritty tone that chris squire just I mean, yeah, he's one of my favorite players, and you know, and it, it translates over to I feel like you know a lot of Gene's tones uh, yeah. is a lot of what gravitated me towards Kiss too was uh, when I started listening to that. Of yeah, you could hear that. I love when a bass player when you can hear them playing, when you can hear the the percussive element, and not just the note all combined with it. And uh, yeah, so I I've always tended to gravitate towards players like that. Well, true or false, uh, Gene is a hugely underrated bass player. Oh, hugely. People like, people talk smack about him all the time, but he I don't think they get it. Yeah. I don't think they've ever really listened to the bass playing, and right? Especially if they try to sing some of that stuff at the same time, it's very complex in 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 certain songs. You know, I think it's just I think it gets lost in um and it's kind of weird because people talk about Ace Freely as a guitar player and a guitar hero. So I would be first to say it kind of gets lost because of the makeup, because of the spectacle that is Kiss. It gets lost, but then Ace Freely is sort of a guitar guy and a guitar god in a lot of circles. But then nobody talks about uh, Gene Simmons. But if you think about it, when they talk about Paul McCartney, they talk about Paul McCartney as a writer, as a Lennon McCartney, as a singer even, but they don't really talk about Paul as a bass player, and Paul is a fucking great bass player. Oh, man. I mean, he practically wrote the book on several styles. And Gene, and Gene follows Paul. Oh, I mean, sure. Gene, obviously, big Paul, and you can hear it in his playing. Big time. Uh, and so that's, that's interesting to think about. You know, I never really thought about it until just now in this conversation, yeah. but that's kind of interesting that that goes. So what was the first rock concert you ever saw? Um, the first concert I remember going to that wasn't just like a festival or, uh, or, or you know, something in the park. Um, my dad took me to see Page and Plant when they came through Birmingham in 1996, and so I was eight years old. Uh, and so, again, pretty decent start. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. So your dad was a rock and roll guy. Yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah, I, I, he, I very much came from his record collection growing up and just pouring through it. And, and that was, you know, by the time I was probably 11, I, I would play games with him on the radio and on the classic rock station trying to name the band and the song and the yeah. record it came from, you know, as, as soon as possible. And, um, and then when I turned 12 and heard ride the lightning i went in a very different direction yeah for a while. um that sent us all off in yeah. a little bit different direction didn't it you could not deny it oh though. yeah, that, yeah. That, that was one of those life-changing records for me was your dad was your dad a younger dad um not super young i mean he he was in high school and college in the 70s um so that's where a lot of his music love lies is that era yeah that's that's super cool because I my I came from a, a large family so I was the youngest of nine so my dad was an old my parents were older parents so I grew up from their era of stuff which was Glenn Dorsey Sinatra even earlier stuff than that and then I I got to experience all my brothers and sisters shit whether it was Zeppelin or Purple or the Beatles or or any of that stuff along the way you know Motown things like that so I got the I got the gambit of everything 
when I grew up, you know. It's just at some point I, I got away from Neil Sedaka, Bay City Rollers, those 45s that I had, and I, I think I'm I think I probably got maybe 10 years on you. I don't know. Um, but I got away from those 45s and somewhere got um, directed into guitar-driven rock where I needed that distorted guitar, yeah. you know, whether it was Zeppelin or Purple or, or whatever. But love st- that riff. Yeah, man. Still love the Beatles and all that other stuff, you know. So very cool. So my next question, which is hilarious, because we had these random questions and we did four sets of questions, but the sheet that I pulled out for E.T. has the question, ever seen a Kiss tribute band? <laughs> <laughs> and it, as I said earlier, E.T. is part of the Blonder Than Hell experience, uh, which they do in Nashville, which part of that whole tribute band, which I think really is cool, is the music. The musicianship is great. You guys play the stuff to a T. You're all amazing musicians. Yay. That's cool. But what makes it really cool for the Kiss fan is that you guys come from Kiss fandom place and so you're whipping out the stuff that kiss just for some ungodly reason won't won't seem to do and and we love it as kiss fans we love it as rock fans because uh god knows we don't need to need to hear rock and roll all night yep. party every day we have never played that song and you guys never played the deep catalog so last i saw the youtube streams of this last uh december uh show and um the one that stuck out for for me because I've been talking about it for a while as She's So European, yep. uh, which was cool. And because Jeremy and Phil and, and uh, Fitz and, and those guys are all in Gene Simmons' band today, they're basically taking Gene out of his little comfort box and having him do some of that stuff on 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 site which i can't wait to see tonight yeah uh so that's going to be very cool but that's great so what it what is it that you guys haven't done yet from that deep catalog that you're thinking at some point you're going to be able to whip out oh man Uh, there's still so many you know we've been doing this for seven or eight years now and uh and every time we we kind of have half the set list that, that is, are the staples that we know we can just kick the shit out of and everybody loves. And, uh, and then half we try to do stuff that we've never done before. And even after this many years of doing that, when our set list is usually around 30 songs, and uh, we still have plenty of ground. We haven't done anything from Carnival of Souls. Um, I know me and Christopher want to do some of that stuff. Um, you know, there's plenty of the, the later 80s stuff that we haven't gotten into. Um, and honestly, some of the, some of the mid-80s stuff that, that just vocally is so demanding. Oh, uh, I'll tell you what I'd like to hear. I, I, uh, how about um, I've Had Enough Out of the Fire? Yeah. That's a freaking killer lead-off yeah. track, isn't it? Oh, man. Yeah, like the one we did this past year that I had been wanting to do for a long time that I was glad that we did was Saint and Sinner. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I love that All song. Creatures. And, yeah, and I mean, Creatures is... is if not the definitely one of my favorite Michael James Jackson right across the way I yeah. pulled that guy I gotta have that guy on the, on the show because he's got a bunch of stories to tell for sure that are not even necessarily Kiss related we love Kiss here but we're not all about Kiss we're all about basically hard rock and metal yeah and Kiss is just a part of that. 
Uh, so we're excited. What about Naked City? A lot of people talk about that. You guys yeah, haven't busted we haven't, that out. we haven't played that one yet. Man, so many people want to hear that. So many of the Kiss Freaks yeah. want to hear that, too. We have, uh, we did, we've done Acrobat. That okay. was a pretty That's deep pretty one. Deep. Although, you know, we try to, there's, we play a little game with it where we try to throw some stuff in there that we think, okay, surely we'll stump some people. But there is, every year we've done it, at least the first three rows of people have sang every word to yeah. every song, no matter how deep we go. And it's just like, yeah, these are our people. This is who this is for. I think what you guys should do is take um, a bunch of random cuts you haven't played, put them in on strips of paper, put them in a hat, shake them up, and then hang them on the wall and throw darts at them, and whatever (laughs) comes up, comes up. That's just as good a method as any. If not, that's a kick-ass story to tell on a (laughs) podcast, right? Yeah. So so how about this? What are your three favorite Kiss albums? Mm. You don't have to give the order. Yeah, um... Probably. All right. So since I came from heavy metal background, coming back into Kiss, uh, I would say Creatures, Lick It Up, and Revenge are my three favorites. And you can tell there's definitely a particular era with yeah, that, thanks, right? Yeah, thanks, Vinny. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely a particular era, which cre- Creatures, for me, is when I came into the picture. Yeah. I wasn't an early guy. Uh, I came in on Creatures, and that's so that that was it for me. But I, yeah. I went back and discovered all the old yeah. I mean, out of the classic stuff, Rock and Roll Over is my favorite. Yeah, I think so. I think I think what it is with Rock and Roll Over, not not it's an amazing album. But I think because the production to me is better than Hotter Than Hell. Oh yeah, I love the songs on Hotter Than Hell, but the production is a it tough didn't, listen. Yeah, it didn't, the, the energy didn't quite translate as well as it did on Rock yeah. and Roll Over. Have you ever met any members of Kiss? Uh, yes, I've met Gene a couple of times, um, Paul once, uh, Eric a couple of times. Um, yeah. Did you did you meet Gene when he came and did the residency? Yeah, thing? and uh, and I got to go to his vault experience oh, cool. uh, about a month ago. Ah, and, uh, nice. Where, where uh, Vinnie Vincent came and showed up. Yeah. And, you know, seeing them on stage together for the first time in 25, 30 years it was pretty amazing. It was yeah. a fun day. That's awesome. How about what two albums would you take to the desert island with you? And they don't have to. They can be kiss related, but they don't have to be kiss related. Hmm. Probably Megadeth, Rust in Peace. And Strapping Young Lad, Alien. Really? Wow, that's an interesting one. Uh, De- Devin Townsend is like, like my, my three biggest musical heroes are Gene Simmons, Dave Mustaine, and Devin Townsend. So like, which it, that it is a pretty widespread, I think there. But uh, but yeah, I I love Strapping. You know what? I've heard so much press about that dude, but I just don't know that much about him. It's <laughs> it's it's hard to find a place to get into because he has like thirty records and they're so all. Strange. <laughs> just just for the listeners right now, E.T.'s being oh, felt up by Christopher Williams, who's trying to de-stress him, but I got to be honest, E.T.'s pretty pampered. laid back. He's being pampered. Where'd you go to massage school? <laughs> well. Well. <laughs> All right, E.T., it's been awesome. Pick a quick song to play us out. Oh, man. All right, let's do Take No Prisoners by Megadeth. There you go. Take No Prisoners, Megadeth. Here you go, folks. Thank you.
So, give me your name and where you're from, my friend. Uh, my name is Eric Alberti. Uh, I am from the north central Ohio area, Ashland specifically, but planning a move closer to the Cleveland area sometime probably this summer. So, my co-host Hollywood Poonies busted Hollywood. my balls, busted my balls all morning long. He's a ball buster. Yeah, he's like, we got to talk to this guy. This guy's got great stories. And so, <laughs> part of the part of the Grown Up Rock podcast, we say everybody's got a rock and roll story to tell. We don't even need to be famous to tell it. So, what's your story, my friend? Oh, well, I was born July 23rd. <laughs> I was born the a son poor of, coal The miner. son of a sharecropper. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I just started doing Facebook, actually, after the Kiss Cruise right in on. November. So I'm kind of new to Facebook, and I'm enjoying really just using Facebook to connect with my Kiss people, man. I've just met a lot of really cool people from the cruise moving forward. So it's, it's been an experience. So at some point, I had seen Sonny share something that... I would agree with, and that we're both big fans of the song Mr. Speed. Yeah, I love it. Off of uh, Rock and Roll Over. Yep. That's my favorite album cover by far. Is that your favorite album? You know what? I used to say yeah because of Mr. Speed, but you know what I did recently? I listened to Hotter Than Hell. Yeah. Whole way through, multiple times, um, I don't know, some some Saturday, Sunday night yeah. in the last couple of weeks. That might be my number one. People give it. I don't know if we're allowed to say the S word. Yeah, we can say whatever we want. Okay. It's it's shit because of, it's shit because of the production. Yeah, people give it that, but you know what? I wouldn't trade that. I mean, they were a hungry, dirty, gritty band at that point, and I don't know. In some respects, I think the sound kind of fits the imagery. The album cover, you look at that, it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I love the production personally. I yeah. really do. I love the songs. Parasite's one of my favorite songs, but uh, but the production is a is a tough listen to yeah. every every so often for me. My number one uh, from the whole library is off that album. Yeah, you ready? It's it's got, <laughs> got to, to choose. choose. I love yeah. got to choose. They did it on uh, the Sail Away. Yeah, right? yeah. And and true confession, I got teary eyed. I don't know why. I just I just. What it, ball up, man. What is it about Kiss and some of these songs that make grown men cry? Because you're not alone in, in this thing. Now, it's personally never happened to me because I'm a Kiss fan, but I'm not a Kiss fan like a lot of the folks here. Like Van Halen was my Kiss. So oh, that's a, that's a good kiss to have. Yeah. So so for but but Kiss has a way of making grown men cry, and it's and it's certain songs like most of the time it's usually like these deep catalog songs. Right. You know, it's not rock and roll all night party every day. Maybe that's because somebody can hear that every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So you know, I can agree with that because I tell you what, two of my favorite Van Halen songs. Are you ready? Yeah. Bottoms up, yeah, great and little, song. And little dreamer, yeah, really love both that's those an tunes, under, man. That's an yeah, underrated tune, little dreamer. Love little dreamer, yeah, yeah. And bottoms up is just a fun part. I love kind of, bottoms up, man. Kind of tune, man. You got you almost yeah. got to be drinking when you're listening to bottoms. You up. do beer in hand for 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 sure, man. Do you do you know some of the stories that went around about that breakdown section in bottoms up? You know, from chicks in the studio where 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 they break it down and and Dave, you know, they bring the music down and Dave's doing the come on, my, 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 my baby, 
at some point, I hear, I hear a little bit he of laughing. He laughs, right? Yes. yes. Right, yeah. yeah he, What's he, going on there? He laughs. I, I, you know, I don't know what the real story is. I've heard all some kinds drinking, of things. I've heard drinking and little, women little in the studio. Yeah, I've heard drinking women in the studios, all kinds of things. And if you look at, if you look, the best picture of Van Halen for this thing is, is on, I don't know if it's on the album sleeve, um, but there's a poster where Dave broke his foot from jump, jumping off the drum riser. Yeah, the heel, right, or something. Yeah, and they're in a rehearsal space, and it's just like a complete fucking party mess, and it's and it's old school, like Van Halen at their grittiest, and Dave's got his his foot, he's got a cane, and he's got his foot in a cast, and um, and there's all these beer bottles and beer cans and shit all over the place. It's rock and roll. And Love that's it. rock and it. roll. Yeah. I looked at that poster, and I used to have the poster of that picture, and I said, man, this encompasses rock and roll for me. You yeah. know? And you know what's great about that? In, in, in the end, they all survived to tell their stories. Yeah. You know, they had their good time. But, you know, they're all around, hopefully relatively healthy and, and can, you know, share those experiences with us here. Um, but, yeah, Van Halen is probably my number two, dude. Yeah. I mean, behind Kiss, I, yeah, love me some. Now, I'm a, definitely a, a, a Roth-era Van yeah, Halen me guy. Too. They got just very radio-friendly. And Sammy Hagar, he's a heck of a talent, and they did some great stuff. But I, I love the Roth stuff. Yeah, it's, di- it's different. Uh, it's just a different band completely. Yeah. Um, well, so Hollywood. Yeah. So Mr. Speed is a song that he and I both absolutely I enjoy. Here's my buddy. <laughs> love you, Hollywood. Um, Hollywood loves Mr. Speed. Yeah. yeah. Great, great tune. Yeah. So, um... I went ahead and did my first cruise last year, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do a Paul Stanley guitar meet and greet. Okay. I, I want to meet the star child. I'm, a, I'm an unapologetic Paul. You did that on boy. the cruise ship? I did. Okay. Yeah. I had to do it, man. Um, so I got a black Ibanez um, that he, he did sign. Yeah. And, they, and they, you, know, you, you write down what you want them to put on the guitar. It's very... What did he put on it for you? <sighs> Paul and I had a great conversation about aging. I'm, I'll be 46 in July. Okay. But I've 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 lost a ton of weight in the last few years. I'm in the gym virtually every day. High protein, low carb diet, and I want to pe- keep people guessing for as long as I can as to how old I am. And people and people can't see. So I'll describe you real quick to the listeners. So so you look great. You don't look like you're 46. You look younger than that. And you look you look physically. You look like you're in amazing shape. Yeah. I I I bust my ass. I I appreciate that. You know I I sacrifice a lot, but. Uh, you know, seeing the results I've, I've I've seen over the last few years, it's like it's it's been all worth it. I'm enjoying some carbs this weekend, though. Yeah, yeah. he's got a beer in his hand, I people. Got one down here, ready to go. Sweet. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a little beer and yeah. rock and roll. So, but back to your, your question, yeah. I I can recall I had Paul Wright, Eric, keep kicking age in the ass every day and let the music keep you young. Yeah. That's what I had Paul write. And he's like, I, I get it. I'm going down swinging. Yeah. So we, he and I had a nice conversation about fighting, fighting age. Yeah. And not, not letting a number dictate how you're supposed to live and what you're supposed to look like. Because I aspire for that. Yeah. You know, to be in my 60s and still. I mean, Paul's got some guns. Yeah. I mean, he, he stays in physically in good shape. He, he absolutely does. Yeah. So, you know, we, again, we had a great conversation about aging. So anyway, though. So. You know, we go through our line to meet Paul, and we're kind of near the end there, so we're, we're there for quite a bit. And so we get close enough where we're turning the corner where I'm starting to kind of actually see Paul interact with people. Got his shades on the whole time. You know, just he's just in rock star mode. It's yeah. how, all these guys. It's sure. not being critical. It just is what it, it is. It is. It's yeah, it's a they, job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
So we finally get our turn up to Paul, and suddenly it dawned on me to ask him the following. Basically, I was feeling starstruck. I hadn't met Paul before, and I was just like, okay, we're right in front of Paul Stanley. So I said, Paul, first time meeting you. I'm going to be honest, I'm feeling a little starstruck here right now. Can you put yourself in, in, in our shoes? Who was one of those first people you recall meeting right on. where you were just like, wow, that's, who was that? Steve and Marriott. Thanks for a little bit. Oh, that's a great, that's a great call. Yeah. Humble pie. Great yeah. call. No, he said, hmm, that's a good question. I would say Jimmy Page. Oh, yeah? Jimmy Page. And then guess what he did? All right. Took off his shades. He takes off his sunglasses. And I just sensed a different direction coming from him as yeah, far as our conversation goes. It, it, he got a little more personal. And, and it, was all, it was almost like the room was empty. And it was just us. Right. It was just really, really awesome just how conversational he was. Yeah. Jody have not is feeling on my guns here. And I got to tell you, I think there's I'm some little, kind of man I'm feeling going on with on. have not. I, I got to tell you, Jody, Jody is all man. <laughs> Jody's, Jody's confident in his sexuality. That and his girlfriend is two inches away from him, sir. As well as he should be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we ended up having a really great conversation with Paul. I had my, my teenage daughters with me. They're now 17 and 15, and, and he talked to them like a, like a dad yeah. for a moment. Um, just great. He gave my daughter a moment who's got some struggles. Yeah. My youngest, my 15-year-old, and they had a nice about-minute conversation, just the two of them, and that was really, really awesome. And then, of course, I had some things... I was able to bring four things to have you know, Paul, yeah. Paul sign. Right. One of them is I have a gold-plated rock and roll over album. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. It's framed like the stuff you see here. It's, you know, it's, it's like this thing. stuff over here? Yeah, right oh, on. Oh, okay. It's like got, a gold it's got, album. It's got, it's got the jacket in there with it yeah. and then the album. Okay. So, so I had Paul sign. That was one of the items. And I said, Paul, I love this album. It's, it's my favorite album cover. I said, like, I got it tattooed so much that I, you know, I, I, I love it. And I said, I love the song, Mr. Speed, Paul. I think it's such an underrated song. I love that Chuck Berry kind of influence, rock and roll-y. I just, I, I love it. I love that. It's in my top five for sure. Yeah. Uh, so he proceeds to pick up the guitar that he hadn't signed for me quite yet. Yeah. And he puts a knee up on a chair and starts to kind of tune a little bit and starts to strung the opening riff nice. to Mr. Speed. He hadn't picked up anybody else's guitar to do that. He yeah. was picking them up to just pretty much sign them. Yeah. But to actually take a moment and, and start strumming a song a little yeah. bit for me, I was blown away. But not emotional enough that I didn't make the following pronouncement, announcement, whatever. I said, because at this point, people had stopped and were just kind of watching. Yeah. Like, whoa, this guy's, Paul's playing this guy's guitar. So I said, people... I may botch this, but I'm singing with Paul Stanley. Yeah, right on. And I break out. You need loving. Nice. You're looking out for new romances. And he kept playing. I tell you what, I I gave myself the hook. Yeah. Paul was so I could have sang that whole damn song. Yeah. And I should have. I, I kind of kicked myself. Right. Because it'd been great to have Paul break in with the cry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. After a couple lines, I just said, Paul, I'm, I could keep going, but you've been so... He was gracious with his time. Right on. Compared to what I saw with other people, he was very gracious with his time. So yeah. I didn't... I could have milked that, but I'm like, no, I got to be cool. I'm going to just stop right here, but I just absolutely loved it. So yes, Paul and I actually performed together. And after I stopped, he's like, that was pretty good. We should start a band. <laughs> I was like, right on, Paul. We totally should, man. When the whole kiss thing is done, call me. 
Yeah. yeah. Nice. See, we're on radio here, so I did the whole fingers by my ear phone yeah. thing. People, your people call my people. Yeah, yeah. Get in touch with my people. We'll do. We'll do lunch. That's awesome. And so for you, that was a hundred percent worth uh, whatever that cost, right? Oh, and that's, oh, a lifetime. Yeah, lifetime, yeah. You'll I remember can't that put a forever. On that. Yeah, man. yeah. My kids were my kids were there. I'm getting divorced, so yeah. My my wife was on cruise with us too. Right. But. Is that why you're getting divorced? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so much more I'm than pleading, that. I'm, I'm pleading sure. the, the, what's that, the fourth, the fifth? One, the, one of those amendments. The fifth. I'm, I'm yeah, pleading the fifth it, amendment. No, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, it was, it was just a, a lifetime memory. Um, so much so that I actually want to do, I'm going on the cruise again this year. Are it's my, my cruise this year, just me. Yeah. I'm going to party and have a good time, but I'm debating on another, I'm a Paul guy. Yeah. I hear the Gene ones are awesome yeah they are it really spends a lot of time with you and, and, and it definitely makes it feel worth it so but I'm a Paul guy and I really want to get another Paul guitar so I'm I'm debating that one but yeah so dedicated to Hollywood Hollywood that is my Mr. Speed uh, story and yeah uh, just a, an outstanding memory and then yeah I went ahead and uh, I got the Paul to sign me and I got that tattooed on the on the that's ship. fantastic yeah he's got the rose on his arm with the paul stanley signature yes and then i had i i bought a couple of paul paintings at the end of the week oh that's cool yeah i'm sure he appreciated that yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. and then he and i posed together uh, flexing our guns with our with our, our roses exposed so it wasn't the guitar folks it was actually the paintings that did this man in with his wife and uh caused the divorce just yeah. so we're clear on that <laughs> i have i have been a bit of a spender uh yeah, yeah. That, that 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 would be an understatement uh but i keep telling myself i'm going to control myself like today i've only bought one thing okay i bought an eric Carr drum head Okay. I don't have a lot cool. of that needed to happen. I yeah. don't have a lot of Eric Carr stuff. So. From our neighbors right here at ericcar.com. Yes. Your neighbors to the left. Yep. Now your neighbors to the right. You nope. see that rock and roll over toilet seat. <laughs> Potty like a rock star. Potty like a rock star. <laughs> Which I, I've always said, it, you know, if you're taking a dump, you might as well be thinking a kiss. <laughs> so so I, I got my eye on that rock and roll over toilet seat lid. So that that could be mine by the uh, toilet by, humor. Yeah, by the end of the end of the weekend here. That's awesome. But. Um, well, dude, you know you know what we have to do uh, uh, after a story like that. I mean, it's only it's only fitting that we um, at this point play your song. So oh, I think I think you man. should take the time out to introduce this song, and we are going to bust this out for Can the I listeners. Oh yeah, you Fantastic. can. Fantastic. All right. What 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 are, what are you what are you going to choose to play us out? Well, I tell you what, this track is going to come off of. Uh, uh, Rock and Roll Over, released in November of 1976. It is a Paul Stanley and Sean Delaney co-written gem, Mr. Speed. Take it away.
the firehouse. Fire hoose in Canada. In Canada. What's going on, man? So give us your name and where you're from, brother. My name is Todd Kearns. I am 6'4", Sagittarius, uh, (laughs) uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada, originally from the great white north of Canada. So, Todd Kearns, thanks for coming on the show and spending a few minutes at the Indie Kiss Expo with us. My pleasure. So, a lot of people don't necessarily know Todd Kearns, but they've absolutely seen Todd Kearns. We at Grown Up Rock know who Todd Kearns is. So, so Todd, you're obviously... Run down real quick for our listeners everything you've done. We know you from oh, it never Slash's ends. from yeah. Slash's band, yeah. probably most and foremost, and then most recently you've been playing with uh, with Bob and Bruce and the Kulik Brothers. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's pretty much the the bullet points. Um, I came from Canada. I had a band back in the '90s called The Age of Electric that did really well. We did a reunion tour last year, so we. We keep busy with that, but um, I came down here and ended up in Slash's band, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. We have a record coming out in September, a third record, and uh, I've been playing with Bob and Bruce Kulik with Brent Fitz for, well, basically played the last Kiss Cruise, and now we're doing this tomorrow and the jamming tonight, and then we're doing the next Kiss Cruise. So, yeah, we've been keeping busy, yeah. Keep it just, yeah, just keep the momentum flowing, yeah. That's it. And so I've heard a lot of your solo stuff, which I think is amazing. In fact, in Growing Up Rock, my co-host, Hollywood Pooney, is a big Todd Kearns fan. No way. That's nice to hear. And so we've pulled some stuff out. I think we did a themed episode on colors uh, (laughs) and numbers, and I think um, something off of a... Red, white, black, and blue. We pulled yeah. that out and played oh, that for the listeners oh, at that's one nice point to hear. in time. So, so a lot of good music. We try to kind of go back in an artist's career and figure out those youthful things. Yeah. What ended up bringing you to the place you are today? At what point was it that you said, hey, rock and roll is what it's about? What was it that you heard? What was it that you saw? What was brought to your attention that took you in that direction? Do you remember? Well, I mean, as a kid, I mean, my parents had Elvis and and, and, and the Beatles, all of which I was, uh, you know, I feel like I have a six degree black belt in that that school, you know what I mean? Um, Obviously, when Kiss... When they invented Kiss, that you know, I was 100% uh, indoctrinated and, and, and a part of it, and uh, that has had it, the most longest-lasting effect on me. Most it, Kiss, yeah. But the funny thing about all those acts I just mentioned—Kiss, Beatles, Elvis—to me as a kid, they seemed like from outer space or like gods from on high. It didn't seem like something that was a career choice by any stretch of imagination. It just seemed like superheroes, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like something anybody could do. Right. I remember seeing uh, The Kids Are All Right, the movie The Who. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the first time I actually thought to myself, you know, I just there was something about them that just seemed so much more like, oh, you can be just skinny, you know, not necessarily Brad Pitt-looking dude and, and, and pick up a guitar and change the entire world if you want to. And then the smashing of it, I mean, it led me into a whole world of punk rock, which is really largely built on the idea of, like, no one cares how fast you can play. No one cares that you're, you know, prolific. It's more about attitude and, and, and that kind of thing. And that's when it sort of awoke me to the idea of like, oh, I could do, I think I can do this, you know? Yeah. So you pick up a guitar and the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're doing it. So I would certainly say that those four main food groups, Beatles, Elvis, Kiss, and The Who... And, and then, of course, there's the Rolling Stones, and it goes on and on, because you know what it's like. It's like, as soon as you get into rock and roll, it's just this 
you know, you just go on an orgy of like you know, yeah. <laughs> buffet of, of, of music that you just devour. And it's always been that way for me to, ever since. You know what I mean? And what's what's special about Todd is, um, Todd, you play a multitude of instruments. So you play yeah. guitar pretty profusely proficiently mm-hmm. you also i mean in the in the Kulett brothers thing you're playing bass and you're and you're singing yeah and so to sing some of that stuff that you guys pull out because you pull out some really tough stuff that yeah it's challenging even nowadays for paul would be completely challenging probably at his age you can't even do some of this stuff but you're able to do some of that stuff play bass you can play guitar if you want to, and, and are you also a drummer? Did I, I I get around on a bunch of other things, but mainly it's the stringed stuff, the yeah. guitar and the and, and, and the, the bass, bass and that yeah. kind of stuff, and the singing. Those are my three main you know things that I I get called in for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's 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 the Kiss stuff is is such that I think for all of us, it's just such a part of our DNA that it's you know to be asked to play it is hell yeah, I'm ready to go right now. Let's let's just throw down on like. Anything from you know back in the day or in the in the Kulik set, but um, um, for me it's uh, you know I a lot of people say are you a guitar player are you a bass player are you a singer it's kind of like, I just kind of consider myself a musician you know yeah, so yeah. if 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 you need I've always been the guy that's kind of like yeah okay it always seemed like a lot of guys wanted to play guitar and a lot of guys wanted to be the drummer it was right. seemed like that was a very popular thing to do so I always kind of was relegated to going well I I'll play bass yeah you know it's like people nobody always say, wants to be the bass player yeah and it was always made didn't make sense to me I was like well Sting was a bass player Gene is a bass player Paul McCartney is a bass player Geddy Lee was a, you know I mean, all these major I don't think it's parts. sexy I think that's what people strayed away from you either want to be if you get into rock and roll you get into rock and roll for sure. the chicks of course yeah and so you either want to be the lead singer or the guitar or player. the guitar player yeah guitar yeah player yeah. sexy right yeah but nobody you know drummers are dumb <laughs> we know that that's a stereotype sure, not, yeah. not me it's yeah. a stereotype yeah. don't get offended Brent. <laughs> so stereotype but uh drummers are dumb and bass players aren't sexy I right think, you know and meanwhile you got like nikki six who is the main person in so there's always an exception to these things all the way down the line yeah. but um, but I love the the stereotype of it. I think people think of John Entwistle or say John Paul Jones as the quiet members of, or Bill Wyman as yeah. the quiet members of these bands that, you know, everybody else is so much more flamboyant. You know. Yeah, it's always about the guitar player yeah. and the singer. And and to to your point, guys like Entwistle and John Paul Jones, they were the quiet ones of those guys. But they were really they, holding it together. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you know, a lot yeah. of people don't know John Paul Jones and the genius that is oh, John Paul Jones. Yeah. He was the orchestrator really in is, a lot yeah. of that stuff that was Zeppelin, right? Absolutely. I mean, he's the guy that orchestrated, I think, the string sections in Cashmere and things like oh, that. Yeah. Absolutely. This yeah. guy is brilliant, yeah. and he you don't hear about that because uh, for one thing he had a really dumb bowl cut we both that, right? <laughs> the page boy I think they call that yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was horrible wasn't it <laughs> but, but yeah I mean so the, so you don't hear about those types of things and so I think that's what it is I like Kiss I'm not a Kiss freak right like, like the people that are here yeah. growing up rock it's all about rock and roll as a whole sure. and Kiss is a part of that yeah rock. sure because we we steer towards for me uh, we steer towards the hard rock and metal because in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, that were, that was my growing up rock sure. years, yeah. and I gravitated towards yeah. that shit, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, For me, it was Van Halen in 82. That of course. Yeah. my life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was my first concert. Oh, really? You yeah. saw that? See, I, I never got it. to see them in the original run. Yeah. 
As a kid, I, I lived in a small town. I never got to see Kiss until Animal Eyes, so I, wow. I missed a lot of stuff. And 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 Van Halen, I mean, it, it's it's the impact of Van Halen cannot be underestimated too on everybody. I mean, it changed guitar playing in general. Yeah, it changed the lead singer position forever. <laughs> you know, yeah, everything became like there's a million different versions of David Lee Roth that follow after that. You know, yeah, and they may be may, you don't really think of Vince Neil as a David Lee Roth, but at the time, I remember blonde lead singer, okay, and it really sort of fell into that that sort of David Lee Roth mold of Brett Michaels and all those guys that came after. I kind of always thought that's the that's the David Lee Roth thing to me. Yeah, that's right. What's uh, what's one of your favorite uh, tunes to play with uh, Slash and uh, the Conspirators? What is what is one of um, the tunes you guys play? Well, it's, it's always fun playing old gun stuff because I was such a fan. Like I, I was sort of. I like, love those two uh, Slash records. Are really oh, thank good. you yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, I mean, like stuff like Anastasia from yeah. Apocalyptic or World on Fire, the song. Like yeah. those are really epic songs the new record is really strong too I is can't it? wait for you guys to hear it yeah. um, I'm excited about that uh, it's really strong and, and I think that you know those are the kind of songs that I like to, in, in a lot of ways it's, it's we all sort of say it even Slash says it himself how exciting it is to play you know for him it's obviously playing Guns N' Roses is an amazing thing but yeah. for him it's like when he's doing the Conspirators type stuff getting to do those songs is 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 kind of the most exciting part because it's you know no one's really you know, the only band that's ever played those songs is us. You know? right. so, yeah. How much uh, how much input does he allow you guys on that? Is he really free with his input, or does he does he kind of say, "Nah, this is"? You know, it's it's funny because he's actually really he's really um, you know he, he always reaches out with uh, what do you think of this or what do you think of that, and um, everybody has a lot of ideas on how to do things. But I think you know he's the, really the captain of that ship, and sure. that's and that's a it's a well earned position and. I, I don't really question a lot of what he wants to do. I mean, we still try to touch, you know, um, touch on the Velvet Revolver stuff and and the Snake Pit stuff. Yeah. So he's got quite a wide catalog, you know. Yeah, you forget about that stuff, yeah, don't you? Yeah, there's quite a lot going on there. And then, and then the gun stuff, you know, it's like the fact that guns kind of got back together, it sort of isn't quite as pertinent to, to what we do. You don't have to do it, but right. I think, you know, we would be, you know, kind of silly not to at least address it. Um, and for me, it's all a pleasure, you know. Yeah, you know. I think fans probably expect it. Although, yeah, you know, sure. I would be fine going and seeing Slash and listening to uh, just the Slash stuff, and and it would be nice to get some Velvet Revolver and yeah. actually yeah. saw them live. So I did; they were great. And I think that's the fascinating thing is now that you were in a position where the only way you're going to hear Velvet Revolver songs is if we play them. Frankly, yeah. gonna, at least hear them live. You know, it's it's uh, that that's not going to happen again I don't think in any, in any in any way so I mean we've we've lost Scott so that's kind of the end of that you do know? you by chance know David Kushner I I only know him like in conjunction with Slash and the gang and he's a wonderful man yeah yeah he's very very cool he's yeah. he, I, so I I was on the road with David uh David was in a band at one point in time from LA called Sugar Tooth okay I remember and Sugar Tooth he yeah. really he he replaced the original guitar player while we were out on the road so David flew out and joined the tour and and that was my first meeting with oh with wow David and it was David and and Joey C uh, sure. were all a part yeah. of Sugar Tooth and that oh, wow. was a 
that was my first uh, uh, tour as a tour manager. Oh, that's with, amazing! With those guys. So that that's was great. fun. That's so awesome. Have yeah. some cool stories and cool pictures. From I that bet. Yeah. <laughs> those guys have gone on to do some pretty cool things. I bet. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, Dave does a lot of great stuff. He's a lot, a lot of TV and film uh, music now. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I, I yeah. follow is uh, Instagram yeah. feed and stuff like that. So amazing all dude. Kinds of stuff like amazingly that. talented guy too. Yeah. Very cool. So, what's the what's the time frame or the schedule for what's up next with you? Um, well, tonight we're we're jamming with yep. Eric Singer. Uh, I've got you know a lot of that sort of uh, a lot of moving parts happening and a lot of of us coming and going from the stage. You and did the ESP project, right? I've never done it before. No. Okay. It's, so we um, uh, it's always been threatened to do something like that, but yeah. that's usually Bruce. Chuck Garrick was doing it from from okay. Alice, and John Karabi was singing okay. it. So. Um, but we've, you know, we've often talked about it because John's so busy with the Dead Daisies and all that too. Yeah. So that might happen. But I, and that's kind of what tonight is—is is a little bit of a fun, fun ESP thing. Tomorrow is the Kulik Brothers. The four of us, Bob and Bruce and Brent Fitz and I, play a lot of deep cuts. Did you change? Did you change anything from the cruise? Nothing's too different from the cruise, yeah. but we do have the cruise coming up, and we have two or three shows on the cruise so yeah. we're planning on really adding to that and I'd love to I'd love to get input from fans as to what we should play well I can tell you bar none the name that I keep hearing again and again and again is Naked City Naked City would be I mean Bob co-wrote that so it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a no-brainer he told me that that was they originally wrote it as a heavier song like yeah. it was slightly kind of more darker heavy song it would be cool to hear that spin on that's what i'm saying i'm like i said well we should try and kind of it's going to end up being that way anyway because we're a lot you know we don't have a keyboard sort of thing or any of that so i think it'd be a a really kind of more rock version or whatever yeah that would be interesting to see for sure i think so yeah i I think that people would love that yeah that's the one thing is i mean the first time we did it on the cruise i was kind of like you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I, I love all those songs because I'm invested, you know. Yeah. And I know that we're playing to a, a baited audience who's also invested, and it's sort of... Yeah. Um, but, you know, we walked off stage, and I went, that was fun. That was a blast. I had a great time. But I didn't know how much, how well-received it was until after... People, grown men were <laughs> Grown men were... Yeah, I mean, they would say, dude, I was in tears. And I'm like, wow, okay. Because you're so wrapped up in, like what are the lyrics for the song and what's the next chord? You're just kind of on stage doing your thing, you know, and you're just trying to get, you know, surviving it and, and trying to enjoy the entire process. And then afterwards it was like the whole cruise was like, you know, people walking up to me and telling me how, how much they appreciated what it was. And it was like, I couldn't possibly appreciate more how much they appreciated it, you know? So, um, so it, it's been nothing but awesome. And, uh, the, the whole experience and getting Bob on stage for the first time in a long time and yeah. trying to keep him on stage now so it'll be twice in less than a year and then and then doing the next cruise so it's good you know I mean Bruce is a, a seasoned veteran he's always on stage somewhere but Bruce is a technician man when he plays those solos they are the solos like right. he doesn't there's no sort of like vamping or like oh he kind of sloughed that it's like no he plays the solos like yeah. Tears Are Falling is the solo you know right. so it's it's always really impressive to me yeah and I think you know it speaks volumes in how much uh, or how important a musician's job is in creating a song because I think that it doesn't matter whether one person hears it or a million people hear it songs tend to touch people absolutely in special ways right absolutely yeah. we relate to music and it gets us through good times and bad whatever absolutely, it yeah. is so I agree. that's a powerful thing so it really is uh it's beautiful man 
Hey, I appreciate you spending time. I don't want to take up any more of your time because you got a busy schedule. I appreciate everything. Anytime. Thanks for spending my time. My pleasure. Pick a song to play us out. can be anything you want. Oh, my gosh. You just hit me over the head with that. Um, you mean anything, not just Kiss related. We, we, we may as well go with a Kiss song it because be we're here. It can be stuff you played on, stuff you didn't play on, stuff you love, whatever you want, brother. Um, you pick something. Let's play Naked City. <laughs> okay, there you go. Naked City off on mast. Here you go. Awesome. Thanks, bud. Thank you. So give us your name and where you're from. Brad Rustoven, DeWitt, Michigan. So, Brad, we've seen you around the Facebook groups. You, uh, you talked to us on our uh, Facebook page a little bit. You're a listener of the podcast. You're a listener of Podcast Rock City as well. You're a huge KISS fan. You're wearing a Destroyer shirt, and here you are at the Indie KISS Expo. 
Yes, sir. How have you enjoyed your day thus far? Fantastic. Fantastic. Sweet. So what are you most looking forward to at this expo as a whole? Have you already done that, or is it the performances tonight, or, or what? You know, it, uh, when, it, when it got announced, it was really the, uh, the Bob and Bruce uh, Brothers show. Yeah, that's what you were most looking forward to, which is tomorrow night. Yes. So I just sat down like two seconds ago with, uh, with Todd Kearns. I saw you. I saw you talking to him. And we talked a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, he, he had no idea that it was going to have the impact it did. And he's super psyched about that. I asked him for a few little uh, uh, tips on what's happening tomorrow night. He shared a little bit, but not too much. So I'm not going to share that with you because I think it would be better as a fan to kind of witness it. What's up? Absolutely. Uh, but let me ask you this. What song out of the Kulik Brothers' arsenal of tunes would you most like to hear them pull out? You know, what I want to hear them play is the the first song on side two of Paul Stanley's solo album, which is It's All Right. Okay. Um, That song is my favorite song on that album, and I would just love love to see it played live now do you know whether or not they played that one on the cruise or they, not they did not they did not know so that would be that would be a big ask it would yeah okay it would. i don't know whether you'll get that or not <laughs> that would be a huge ask for sure so what's your favorite member of kiss you know that's it's changed over the over the years um when i was when i was little when i got into the band initially um it was ace freely and then it switched to paul and then I've kind of gone back and forth uh, between Paul and Gene, so it, it, it varies. Fair enough. I mean, you know, it's like the Beatles. Do you like Paul? Do you like Ringo? Do you like George? Or do you like uh, John? So depends on the day. Yeah, sometimes. it depends on the day. So it's good. So uh, I know that, like most Kiss fans here, they gotta listen to other stuff besides just Kiss. Nobody loves just one band. So. Give me uh, three other rock bands that you love other than Kiss. I would say uh, ACDC, Iron Maiden. Um, and I would throw Judas Priest in there as Jesus well. Jesus Christ, man, you're a man after my own heart. I can't argue <laughs> with any of those. I would say I would say those are those are mine for sure. Uh, you know, they're right in my wheelhouse. They were definitely some of the first bands that I listened to uh, when I was growing up, without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, so, let me ask you this then. What was the first rock album you bought with your own money? Do you remember? So, that's that's interesting. So, I, I, bought, I bought Kiss Destroyer on 8-track, asked my dad for $5 so I could buy it from our babysitter across the street. Which so. makes me laugh because you're not that old of a dude. I think I've got some years on you, but you're talking about an A-track, which is like, that's, because I, even I was a cassette guy. Like, I bought cassettes mainly when I was growing up. I bought some LPs. I came in and, like, some of my friends had eight tracks but then I was like, I think it was maybe, I want to say it was like Van Halen 1 or something where, where it starts off like Jamie's crying or something then clicks over to the other side. I was like, <laughs> oh, hell no. Yes, yes. So really that didn't answer your question, though, because that was my dad's money. So yeah. my own money would have been Van Halen 2 on cassette. Ah, that's a good record. Yes. Yeah. Yep. A little bottoms up for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So have you ever had a brush with greatness? You know what I mean when I say that? Well, are you talking about meeting somebody or being in a 
yeah. at an event that was uh, that was that sort of all the above. Okay. So have you ever have you ever uh, other than like these meet and greets or these uh, VIP things where you're paying to stand in line and get autographed stuff like that? Have you ever done anything where you? You know, been out at a gas station and ran into this person or something. Have you ever had one of those crazy brushes with greatness? Yes, absolutely. Tell us um, about it. My uh, my wife and I um, were newly married, and we were out at California Adventure, uh, which is right across uh, from Disneyland, and we saw Alice Cooper pushing a uh, stroller, and. <laughs> I, uh, that's I a sight. It was. I recognized him, and I, I went up to him. And, and living in Michigan like we do now, he's a, he's a, a Michigan guy. Yeah. Um, and I introduced myself, and, and then I apologized to him because then the flocks came uh, as people uh, and did were And he say, dude, what was. the hell are you talking about? My name's Jim <laughs> Jim Johnson. That's right, but it was it was quite a sight. But he was he was very, very cool, but that was... You know that was not a situation like this at the at the expo. That right. was in in public. He, he was cool to you, though. Very cool. Oh, he's a real nice guy. Real nice. Yeah. Especially when he's not the character of Alice. Yes. Like they they. I was listening to an interview with um, with the guitar player uh, Nina Strauss. Oh yeah. Guitar player. Oh yeah. And she said, you know, don't talk to Alice a half hour before he goes on stage because when he becomes Alice, it's. Yeah, he's somebody different. He's all about that character. Absolutely. And totally in character until he comes off. And then when he takes the makeup off and he's off stage, it's completely, yes. you know, he's just normal rock and roll old dude, yep, right? Yep, yep. So that's interesting. Very cool. So how about your, um, if you're if you're going to a desert island, what two records do you take with you? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, that's a... That's a toughie, and and being being at a Kiss Expo, I, I mean, I've got to say Destroyer, just being my first record in general or yeah. album that I ever. That, that I was ever your owned. first Kiss record. That you was were, yeah. the first record and first first Kiss record. And I would probably, you know, I mean, the, the second one was was Love Gun. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a second trilogy guy. You know, they talk about the first trilogy albums yeah. one one through three, and then I, I'm into the second side. Yeah, I mean, Destroyer, Love Gun, and uh, Rock and Roll Over are kind of the holy trilogy, Joe. Right? Yeah. To to a point. Well, and that's to yeah, that's mine. Yeah. That's mine for sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, as far as Kiss goes but i don't know i keep wavering between records but I, yeah i mean you know i'm not the crazy ridiculous kiss geek like a lot of people are right i mean i love i love rock and roll and hard rock and metal and so kiss is a part of that mm-hmm. because that's what it is and uh, i i can deal with that for sure uh, but you know, just like Van Halen, ACDC, Maiden, Priest, things that you you mentioned. What's your favorite Maiden record? Favorite Maiden record is actually Seventh Son. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I started falling out of favor with Maiden around that time. Okay. Like for me, I got in on Killers. I got in on Killers. Went to the first record, so I ca- I got into the game with Diana. It took me a little time to get past Number of the Beast, not because I didn't like it, but but because I was afraid of the Number of the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I got grew up and, and got a little bit older, then Peace of Mind was like, Peace of Mind was the explosion for me. Peace of Mind was like, to me, was a masterpiece. And so Peace of Mind and Power Slave were the shit. Yeah, me. yeah. So yeah. That's, my, that's my sweet spot right there is probably Peace of Mind and Power Slave. And then I liked Somewhere in Time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I just really started falling out around Seventh Son. Okay. I started introducing a little bit of keyboards and the music. Synth, and yeah, a little synth. The songs got a little bit more epic-y. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I've never been an epic-y song kind of guy. Like, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> I'll get 15 yeah. minutes yeah. later, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what about Priest? What's your favorite Priest? You know, and pri- Priest is, is interesting, too. And I, I kind of go in between British Steel and Screaming. I, I actually like Point of Entry. I, yeah. I love Point of Great Entry, um, and I think it gets uh, it gets ignored because it's between those two records. Uh, I love Which those. Which is weird, you know? It is. It and is. it was it was sort of a departure, and it is definitely a different record than those two. But it's got so many really good songs on oh, gosh. it. Like Solar I love Angels. Solar Angels. Desert I love Plains. Solar Angels. I mean, oh. Yeah, just wonderful stuff on. Yeah, that. there's Absolutely. some really good stuff. So I, I have to agree with you 100 percent on that for sure. And and again, that's uh, if if we're talking about the Holy Trilogy for me for Priest would probably be uh, British Steel, Screaming, and Defenders. Sure, would yeah. probably be. But I I could easily go British Point and Screaming. Mm-hmm for me for sure yeah. and then I started falling out around Ram It Down yeah uh, but the new album the new oh, album is fantastic, fantastic man yeah. yeah so the new album's really good so it's cool awesome well you've been an awesome host very good Steve appreciate you spending Pleasure a little time speaking with you pick a song to play us out my friend oh my goodness what do we got we, and let me just I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there doesn't have to be Kiss. Can be anything you want. Pick a song. You know what? I'm going to. I met Eric Singer this morning. Um, let's play "Dreams in the Dark" by Badlands. A little bit of Badlands. Yeah. Certainly not the first time on Grown Up Rock we pulled some Badlands out of the hat. Very awesome. Good. Badlands, right. "Dreams in the Dark." Thank you. for the trembler. Yeah, bitte. Das ist gut. <laughs>
Been hanging out with the guys from Accept a little bit too much. The Germans. The Germans. Christopher Williams, current so, drummer of Accept, welcome to the Kiss Expo and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. This is my first Kiss Expo and stoked to be here. It, you're lying about that, aren't you? No. Really? No, this this mine and ET's, this is our first one. Um, I... I was driving down to Atlanta last weekend for a festival and to hang with some family, and uh, I realized I realized that the uh, the expo was this weekend and that I was going to be in town. So I call him up. I go, "Hey, man, what are you doing next weekend?" Yeah. Goes, uh, I said, "Stop. Whatever it is, cancel it. We're going to Indy for the expo because the lineup this year is fantastic." It is, but it's just hard to believe. As big a Kiss fan as you are, because you're a huge Kiss fan, you're a huge Kiss geek, period. Yep. And part of the Blonder Than Hell thing that, that you guys do in Nashville every year, and you, you own this Peter Chris drum kit. And, so, and I have the one that I built, too. So, so you've, never, you've never been to a Kiss convention or expo or whatever it is, and that's nope. crazy. Well, you picked a good one to come to, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing some of these performances tonight. Absolutely, absolutely, and especially you know tomorrow night, Fraley's Comet. Yeah, being I'm like, dude, yes. You think that'll happen for real? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Keith Larue said it's confirmed. They're okay. going to do like three or four songs. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to show up. If he's t- if he's talking you into being a co-host with us, it doesn't pay well. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my first check. <laughs> I signed a contract for no goddamn He gave me a check already, but I don't know if it's going to clear. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. That and the fact that Hollywood came and started demanding shit when he showed up. He's like, all right, dude, I need hookers and blow. And or, or as Big John Hart calls it, amp grease. Amp grease. Gak. He used to call it gak back in the, the day. You got the yale? Yeah. You got the money? Yeah, I got the money. You got the yale? <laughs> I got wrong. So, Christopher, we're going to talk about all kinds of things, rock and roll and KISS-related. So, we're going to start with this. If you were able to be a rock star for the day, what would you play? And that's assuming that you're not a rock star today playing drums in it set. Um, guitar. Guitar. I'm a guitar nerd. So you and collect. That's awesome. You're a guitar rock star today, and you got to give yourself a rock star name. So, what's that rock star name? Rusty Blades. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, it, sort it, of pornographic. It, but. It, it didn't work. Was that was that Eric's or Vinny's? I what think that was, was Eric's. Blades? I, I have think heard that was that, before. that was Eric's name. <laughs> where they said absolutely not. That was there was Eric Carr's name. <laughs> Rusty Blades. Rusty Blades. Well, that's a good rock star name. <laughs> I don't think that would go over too well in today's society. Ladies and gentlemen, the newest guitar player in KISS, Rusty Blades. <laughs> but, the, but the problem with that, if I joined KISS, I couldn't do any cool guitar shit because Ace already did all of it. It's like, what are you going to do? Light it on fire? Oh, that's right. There was the stand that lit on fire. Oh, the guitar smokes. Laser oh, put beam. lights in it. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot rockets. Nope. <laughs> He's done it all. 
That is true. Scientist. That is true. Ace Fraley. So what album can you listen to front to back without skipping a tune that's not necessarily Kiss related? Um, I'll give you my top two albums of all time. Okay. Kiss, Rock and Roll Over, and Humble Pie, King Biscuit Flower Hour, live at Winterland, 1973. That's hard to pick a live record for your favorite record, you know? That album, I was talking with Eric the other night about it, actually. Yeah. That album, top to bottom, front to back, is the most badass yeah. rock and roll soul R&B album ever. I mean, Steve Marriott, I don't know if, if... Steve Marriott, yeah. Yeah, Steve Marriott was a mother. I mean, that's singer. one of Paul's biggest influences. Paul loves yeah. Steve Marriott. That's where he, he got the, the thing from, the banter. My Uncle Peter introduced me to that record when I was, I think I was in sixth grade. So what, like 10, no, 11 or 12, yeah. something like that. And... Man, just from the first chords on it, it's like, oh my God, this is what rock and roll is supposed to sound like. Yeah. And this is after, you know, being, this is in like the height of my Kiss fandom as a, as a younger kid. Um, I grew up listening to Zeppelin and ACDC and all that stuff. Yeah, I would have figured you would have been a Zeppelin. But person. that album, when I heard that, yeah. shit. And who, that was, uh, was that Jerry Shirley on drums? Yep. Yeah. Jerry Shirley, Greg Ridley, Clem Clemson was playing guitar because Frampton had left uh-huh. to go solo. And they had added the Blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Philip Schaus. Phil Schaus. My wife is It's sport. Phil Schaus of the Gene Simmons Band. Oh, my God. <laughs> How are you, bud? How are you? You guys made it finally. Yeah, man. Awesome. See what happens when you share merch? <laughs> mutt merch. Mutt merch. Phil, what is it? Mutt, muttmerch.com? Yeah, muttmerch.com. Muttmerch.com. Clothing for dogs and their owners. Phil's wearing a black Labbath shirt as we speak. I have a neuter head shirt. The uh, neuter head. Yep. No bones and noses for you? No. no. <laughs> Mutt Donna, Prance. Yeah. So so back to the back to the Humble Pie record. So Jerry Shirley, Frampton's already left at this point. Yep. And I got to be honest, I don't know. I know a little bit about Humble Pie, but I don't know a ton of their music. I haven't researched that band out. Uh, and now talking to you and listening, you talked about Peter, your uncle. So Peter is the guitar player and has been for years with Cheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. Peter and I first met when I was a a 20-year-old kid moving to Atlanta for the first time. I worked at a music store with Peter, uh, and Peter and I first met. Peter, so I I was first moving out with my parents and owning my first apartment. I moved away from Florida and moved up to Atlanta, and I bought my dresser and my bed from Peter and his wife. That's awesome. Uh, So that's, you know, that's how the connection is funny there, but that's... My my friendship with Peter goes back to those days, and then Christopher is Peter's nephew. Which small world? It's crazy. crazy. Cities cities separate, but it's music crazy. brings us back together. That's it, man. The six so, degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. That's right. So that's that's very cool. So humble pie is something that I definitely need to check out on my own and get into that. So I would ask you what your two desert island records are, but you kind of just said that's that's them man there's rock and roll over the songs on it 
you know, I mean, it, for me, it's the full package. It's the sound, the songs, the playing. That, for me, personally, um, no offense to the, the original lineup's other albums, but that, for me, was their peak yeah. of in terms of studio records. Would it, would it, let me ask you this, because me as a personal fan, I've gone back and forth, because I really like the, mu- oh, I like the music on both records, let me say that, but I kind of lean towards Rock and Roll Over, and I say, you know, I think this is probably one of my favorite records, but then Hotter Than Hell has really great songs. I'm a huge Parasite fan, mm-hmm. but then it's the production is a tough listen for me. Yeah. So do you think that, would you change your mind, I guess, if the production was better on, on Hotter Than Hell? No. Um, my, my other one, my other favorite from the original lineup is Dress to Kill. That was actually the first Kiss album I ever owned, and my Uncle Peter bought it for me. I had seen Kiss on the, the MTV VMAs and, you know, became super nerd. And that Christmas, he gave me the uh, the Dress to Kill album, yeah, and a pair of Eric Singer's signature drumsticks. <laughs> so, what I find super amazing about this, and this is what worries me about the actual future, actually, is because this is cool shit. Where um, whether it's a cousin or a, a father or a parent or a sibling sharing this kick-ass music that we grew up on with the next generation, then you take it and you're going to share it on with your family and your kids and etc etc but what happens today to the people that aren't getting these cool uncles and cool parents what are they going to share with their kids hey listen to this stream of the latest uh, you know that that's the kind of stuff that worries me like what kills me too is you know with the exception of few bands in my opinion um there aren't those bands out there anymore to share. You know, I mean, of course, there's music and there's things like that, but I uh, maybe I, it's, I'm an old soul or, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I just, there's there's a few bands out there, you know, that are, like, considered new, yeah. meaning the last five, ten years right. that I like. But I always I find myself still digging Listening to the through... Old stuff. Through my records, my mom and dad's old at record collection that yeah. you know I've I've put into mine, just the stuff that I grew up to. Because I also think too, it's a generational thing. Um, you know, music, it's a it's a special thing, and and it, a lot of your obviously your listeners can understand that you can hear a song and know exactly where you were when that happened, and if not that that song always makes you think of a person or a time or a place where you were, you know? So it could just be that, you know, I always listen to that older stuff because that's what Remind takes me you. back. I think that's it. I think it's a couple of things. So I've, <laughs> I've done a lot of soul searching and thinking about this stuff, maybe because I don't have a better, better time to spend, but I, I think about it a lot because it's important to me. I'm passionate about music. And I get exactly what you're saying. I disagree slightly with you in the fact that I think that rock and roll is still alive because I think there's a lot of newer bands that maybe sound like some of the older bands that are coming out to the day that I really dig. But to your point, I don't spend as much time with those things because I keep gravitating to the older things. 
but I don't necessarily think it's because I don't like it as much. I think that I literally, at this point, there's so much coming at me that I have this, what I what I refer to as musical ADD. Yeah. You know, where oh, it's I, like... Oh, I totally get it. I, and I mean, on case in point, so you're you're a traveling musician. So mm-hmm. what do you what do you travel with? Do you stream? Are you a streamer? Are you a downloader? You're one of those two things because you're not bringing your albums on the road. No, I'm, I'm a streamer. Um, I've got my Spotify premium. And, you know, for me, it's a love-hate thing with Spotify. Um, because a lot of the uh, a lot of the work that I do when I'm off the road, somebody will send me a set list with covers, and it's you know, hey, you got three or four hours to learn twelve, fifteen tunes. Yeah. Cool. All right, I need that right now. Yeah, Spotify. And I can make a playlist and ride with it. On the other hand, I'm I'm not a fan of what it's doing to album sales, but then again, the industry has kind of put itself there as well. But you know what? I heard a really freaking cool interview with, um, I don't know what her title is, but essentially she's responsible for overseeing the rock playlist for Spotify. Okay. Like and the she, one that's built in? Yeah. Yeah. And she talked about, she talked about how if the... The rockers are basically the last ones on the boat because the rockers were holding on to our vinyl and our cassettes and all this stuff, and we're not on board necessarily in their subscription numbers with Spotify. But if we would get on board, you would start to see more streams on rock and roll, which would relate to album sales and things like that and downloads. And she explained how it works, and it was very convincing to me, and I... I actually bought into what she was saying, and part of her job is that she's meeting with a lot of these old school rock and rollers like Plant and like uh, Paige, and she had a meeting with, um, oh God, who did she say? She met with somebody else that was like, you know, David Coverdale or somebody like that, right? where she's essentially explaining the whole process to them so that they can better understand what their part in this is. And I mean, I'll say this, like, I, their their algorithm at Spotify is amazing because they've they've said, hey, based on what you're listening to or what you've searched for, go check out these five bands, and yeah. they've been spot on. I've been holy shit, what is this? This yeah. is really good. So their algorithm is really good, much so better than um, Apple Music or the Amazon Music that I've also tried. So I'll say that, and then the other thing is it does allow us on demand stuff. So. You yeah. know, case in point yeah. for um, uh, Rise to Chaos, the the accept record, the latest accept record that came out a while back. Yeah. that was my that was in my top ten for last year. But because I could spend time with it and call it up at any point in yeah. time, yeah, you know, so that's it's it does have its good and its bad points. But I'm starting to understand it's not going to go away. So we need to no. find a way to get on board with this and and. I think, you know, if, if they found a way, like the, the thing that gets to me is the compensation factor of it, you know, in regard to royalties and, and how it is all split up, because not many people, well, I mean, people know, but, you know, basically the musician, when a record is sold, the musician is the very last person that gets paid. And then depending who has the co-rights and all that, they split up the royalties based on that. Um, 
and it's the I mean album sales everything that's how it's divvied sure. up the record company takes their cut first absolutely and they divvy it up amongst their people and that's then right. you take this out take that out take that out so you know if you sold a, an album for I don't know let's say 10 bucks you know that singer the guy that sang on it might get 25 cents mm-hmm. tops yeah and that and that that's like back in the old days right that's pushing it yeah and there were there were a lot of um, obviously it's, there was a whole lot of it's people usually I ripped think, off back I think in that it's day. something that's like a penny per song per album well something like that yeah so I've seen people I've seen artists post their royalty checks and stuff and it's really it's shit and, and people get upset about stuff like that but then you also have artists um, like I'll, I'll just I'll use it as a, like a Beyonce or something that are getting these ridiculous amounts of streams that are getting million dollar checks cut to them yeah. for streaming so again it comes full circle which is if the rock and roll community finds a way because there, there is a rock and roll community. Rock, rock and oh, yeah. roll is alive and it's well. It's still strong. It's alive. I, and I well. don't agree with Gene on that one. Yeah, no. Rock is alive and well. It's alive and well. It's so just it's changing. Community, the community gets on board. I think we, the rock and roll community, are um, a bit of the old school. We're we're a little bit last in line. Um, to get on board with some of the technology, maybe. well, and well, and I think of it, you know, like even though I'm younger, you know, I I still consider myself, or I'm told I'm I'm more of an old soul. Like I still have the 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 reason I still buy used records and new ones is I like having something to hold. Yeah. I like that experience, yeah. the physicality that you own it. You never own a download or anything digital. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. Your computer dies and that service is gone. There goes your money. You don't own any of it. You don't outright physically have it. For me, um, I'm still a purchaser of music. You know, I I pay my ten or twelve bucks, whatever it is, to Spotify a month because I use that service with work. Right. Um, but then at the same time, you know. If I check out, like, the new Priest album, it's badass. Oh, God, so good. I, I listened through it once and then bought it. Yeah. It was like, and what I'll do, because of my love for records, is most bands are putting out their new albums on LP. Yeah. I'll buy the LP, which usually includes a digital copy of yeah. it, a digital yeah, yeah, download right. card. Yep. And that's what I'll do, because I still carry around an iPod Classic. Yeah. I've got an 80 gig that's full. Yeah. So I'll take that on the road. I have my computer, which is packed, uh, my phone, my iPad, all of that stuff. Right. And so there's just music everywhere constantly. You know, so I think it's a good reason or a good idea, and I don't know why more bands don't do it. Bon Jovi did it on this last tour, which is why don't every band, whether it's Accept, whether it's Judas Priest, whether it's Saxon, whatever it is, why don't they, in addition to doing whatever it is they do today through Spotify or through album sales or through Pledge Music or whatever it is, on top of it, when they go and they do a tour, when when Accepts goes and plays South America somewhere and plays uh, an, an arena down in South America, or they come to America, they play a club, whatever it is, why don't you guys kick in an extra ten bucks in ticket in tickets prices, but they get a free CD? 
because I, that equates. I, well, Prince, I, I think Prince was one of the first ones to do that. Yeah, why years doesn't ago. everybody do that? I don't know. Because it equates to album sales, my understanding is that it actually equates to album sales. What, what I could see being an issue potentially um, is the distribution factor of, okay, Joe Schmo and wherever in the world bought it. How do we get it to them? Do we ship it direct from the records distribution, or do we send them a coupon no, for a free no, album the, from the store? Or do they ship it, or when they mail you your physical tickets, do they include it, or what happens for the people I, that do the print-at-home option? With, I think with the Bon Jovi thing, I think what it was with the Bon Jovi thing, if I recall correctly, we bought a concert ticket to the Bon Jovi thing, and they give you this um, uh, some sort of a... Um, barcode with with your ticket you know what because okay. pretty much at, at some point tickets are going to be all electronic right you're yeah. not going to have paper yeah and so you get that barcode and you type it into um an online thing and they send it to you i think that's what i recall okay. with getting the latest bon well, jovi record yeah kiss did a that's how when you know when they would record the live shows and you could either get the full show on a usb yeah. or you could get the cd that was how you got disc too you bought the uh, CD, they gave you the first half of the show, and then you punch in a code and they ship it to you. Does it accept sell records at the concert, sell CDs at the concert? Uh, not that I've noticed. No. I know I know. we did Vakken August 3rd, which was the, the day before the album release, yeah. or the night before. So we had X amount of copies there available for purchase at our meet and greet and yeah. all that. But um, not as far as I'm aware of. What's the coolest place you've played so far with uh, with Except? I love Japan, really? and I've, I I was fortunate. I got to go there three times last year. Yeah, the, I had never been before last year, but I went with an Australian rock group called Kato, and uh, actually Phil and Jeremy from Jeans Band were the two guitar players uh-huh. on that run. Then I went back in September with Except. And then went back in December, right after I got home from a tour with Accept, yeah. went back over with them uh, with a couple other dudes. A guy named Jack that's out of, I think he's out of England. Yeah. And our friend Hunter Loven that's out of Nashville. Because that's kind of one of the cool things about Accept being a European band, you being on the road with those guys, is that they play... I'll, I'll say exotic, but you know that you guys get to play some fairly exotic places with yeah. Moscow and things yeah. like that. So it's kind yeah. of a cool experience for you. It's right? a it's a trip, man, and it's and it's cool because most show days, you know, we'll get into town earlier in the morning. Yeah, um, they'll drop us. You know, we usually have day rooms at a hotel yeah. for the band, so they'll drop us. I'll go in have breakfast if it's still early enough go up to the room take care of emails and everything because you know we're in different time zones constantly so get in take care of work and then see how much time i have left and then i'll go walk around the city and try to avoid record stores as much as i can yeah because you end up buying a bunch of stuff oh it's terrible do you ship it home or do you try to carry it with you no i'll I'll put it in the suitcase i have i have the the biggest suitcase that TSA allows yeah. because of that but the problem is empty it weighs 11 pounds yeah <laughs> and it, it, it can become a little bit hot in some of those uh, bus bays yeah don't you worry about yeah. that well when when we're on the bus I keep them either in my bunk or I keep them I, I'll have a box yeah um, usually under one of the benches in the yeah. back of the bunk it's just flying at home 
that's like, okay, I need to, to tape this up, package it, go get some scrap cardboard or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it, it makes me nervous as hell. Pain in the ass. I've, I've gone out and bought T-shirts and hoodies solely for the fact of packaging the records. <laughs> You know, and then pack them in the suitcase dead center in a way that they're cushioned from all sides. Yeah, right on. All right, dude. Well, I'm going to let you enjoy your Kiss Expo. You've been awesome with your time, but I need you to pick a song to play us out. What's it going to be, my friend? Ooh. um, You can pick anything, man. We're going to do Hate by Kiss from Carnival Souls. When are y'all doing that? Uh, Are you playing? You maybe playing this year. With these guys tonight? You're not playing with these guys tonight. Uh, maybe. You might sit in. Maybe. All right. I know. Sweet. I know. Et's jumping up for one, so I might hop up there with him. All right, sweet. We're gonna play "Hate" off Carnival of Souls. Sweet. There it is. Thanks, Christopher. Thanks, brother. your name and where you're from uh, i'm noah algae and i'm from columbus indiana and we know the name noah algae because your dad bill algae is part of the, our friends over at ages of rock podcast is that correct sir that is correct sweet so we want to talk to you because the show is all about growing up rock and you're kind of the perfect example of that because you're bill's younger son now, where are you at in the in the lineage of uh, Bill's sons? You're the youngest? I'm the youngest, yeah. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, 17. Sweet. So talk about, because you're a rock fan. I mean, I've talked to you a little bit about rock and roll. Talk about kind of your early years. Like, what was your dad bringing to you that kind of got you into some of this stuff? 
Um, well, obviously, Kiss was probably the main one. Um, first, did it take right away? Did the Kiss take right away? Was it musically or oh, was it, it was, visual? It was everything yeah. because. Uh, the truck I drive now, he had when I was born, and it has a Kiss sticker, and it's the same Kiss sticker that's still on it. Right on. And everything, and he has a Kiss room at home and all of this awesome stuff. Yeah. And uh, he took me to my first Kiss concert when I was about nine or eight. Yeah. Which made a big influence on me. Okay, that's awesome. Now, that that's not the story that he told, though. That was a different son, right? Right, yeah. That was your brother. Right. But he shared an experience with you, which is taking you to a Kiss concert, and that had a different effect on you, right? Yeah. What uh, what tour was that? Do you remember? Um, I believe it was a live thirty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you, it was a spectacle. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, where did you go from that musically? What did you start gravitating towards? Um, honestly, after that, I think we went to go see Ario uh, Speedwagon and Foreigner and stuff. Yeah. What what kind of records were you listening to at the time? Um. Uh, actually, I listened to the. Um, Oh, what's it called? A lot of Poison. Yeah. And then the Monsters of Rock. Or not the Monsters of Rock. It was like a big album that had everything on it. Uh-huh. It had like a... Kind of one of those K-Tel dillies yeah. where it's like, uh, like greatest yeah. greatest hair bands of the 80s. Exactly. That kind of shit. Yep. That's cool. You know, I always kind of made fun of those records, but truthfully, for the, for the next generation coming up, it's not a bad place to start because you get all these bands that maybe you don't know that much about and then from there if you hear something you like do you go and try to check out those albums oh definitely because like you can i missed a lot of stuff just by listening to that and then i looked up into those artists and stuff yeah and it just really helped yeah (laughs) and and so when you when you start listening to some of that stuff do you are you able to go into your dad's uh library and pull out these records and and check them out or what oh yeah all the time he has a big collection of albums and his he has like all of his original ones from when he was a kid like all the original kiss albums and it's just really fun to play yeah do you are you a uh, streamer at all do you stream at all i do not know no he's just strictly a physical product yeah yeah your dad got a good sound system at home to listen to that stuff. Oh, with. definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Awesome. So, have you discovered anything on your own lately that you're like you listen to the record and you're like, holy shit, these guys are pretty good? Um, not really, but on my own, I guess. My dad's a big Gray White fan, but I didn't really listen to it, and yeah. then I started getting into it again, and I really enjoy them. Have you heard some stuff that your dad keeps trying to sell you on that you're kind of like, yeah, I don't really like it? Um, honestly, some of the new Gene Simmons stuff that they released from the vault, I didn't really care for. Yeah, that's not a hard stretch because that stuff's all over the place. But anything else in particular? Uh, not really, no. Nah, just you like it all? Oh, yeah. That's, really? Yeah. Wow. So what's what other than Kiss, what's some of the favorite stuff that you're kind of listening to? Um, oh, gosh. I like Poison and Foreigner, I'd say. They're probably the main two. Yeah, what's your favorite uh, Poison uh, record? The one I enjoy visually the most is the, um, the one with the tongue. Okay, the, the open up got, and say off. Yeah, the one that got recalled because we have... That was like the first album I saw because my dad has has the original one that yeah. got recalled, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's probably one of their better records, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I liked Flesh and Blood. Uh, I even liked uh, Native Tongue with uh, Richie Kotzen on it. I thought it was a good record. I thought it had a bunch of good songs on it. So, uh, you know, I like Poison. They're, they're cool with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions now. Just answer them. Okay however you want so if you were able to be a rock star for a day what would you play 
Oh, like instrument-wise or yeah. person? Uh, yeah, instrument. Uh, drums. Drums. Yeah. So you'd be a drummer in a rock and roll band. So yep. now now that you're a drummer in a rock and roll band, you're a big rock star, you got to give yourself a rock star name. So oh. what's your rock star name, buddy? Ooh, I don't know. Probably like a classic first name, like like Tommy, for instance. <laughs> and then... Oh, gosh. How about uh, Tommy Thunders, because you're a drummer? I like that, Tommy yeah. Thunders, yeah. I do like, yeah. See, I'm good at this. <laughs> I should have a podcast. <laughs> so uh, so let me ask you this, then. What album that's not a Kiss album can you listen to front to back without skipping a song? Oh, gosh. See, that's hard for me, because I really don't listen to a lot of albums other than Kiss albums full. So, ha- so how do you listen to music, then? Uh, I just... I'm a, I have Apple Music, so I just go on a go on a on the app, and then I just click genre, yeah. and then rock, and just hit shuffle. So then you are a streamer. Yeah, I if you're yeah. a streamer. Yeah, you're so right. You're lying to us, Noah. <laughs> I don't. Where's your dad at? I gotta talk to your dad it's, about. It's boy. not important. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you you are a streamer. You're streaming through Apple, but yeah. you're doing it by genres. Is how you yeah, choose I, I your pick, music. Yeah, I yeah. pick everything. Okay, fair enough. How about this? What's your favorite Ace song and Kiss? I'd probably say New York Groove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what Kiss deep cut would you love the Kulik Brothers to play? So Kulik Brothers are playing deep Kiss cuts. Do you know what I mean when I say Not deep really. Kiss? Okay. That's a hard question for you because you're kind of a younger fan. Right. So deep kick, deep kiss cuts or songs where it's not like rock and roll all night where you're hearing it right. every night right you know what what so, kind of songs that kiss aren't playing these days maybe off of one of their records okay that you would love like, to uh, hear all hell's breaking loose yeah so, that'd be okay. a good one to hear yeah all right fair enough that's that's fair enough yeah mm-hmm. that that would it wouldn't be a Kulik brothers song right uh strictly because they weren't part of that right but I, I respect that. I love the song. That's mm-hmm. a cool song. Right on. So, cool. Pick a song, and it can be anything, whether it's Kiss or Foreigner or Poison or whatever. Yeah. Pick a song to play us out. Uh, let's go uh, All for the Love of Rock and Roll. All for the Love of Rock and Roll off of, which one is that? Sonic. Off of Sonic. It's either Sonic Boom or Monster. I think it's, I think it's Sonic Boom. Yeah. All for the love of rock and roll, the man says. Right on. Thanks, Noah. No problem. Thank you.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.